Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and that's right, we made it to 100. 100 episodes of Damn Good Movie Memories, and I can't believe it. I didn't think we would go 10 episodes, let alone 100, and we have so many good ideas, and we're ready for 100 more, and we're going to keep going as long as it's fun. And I never could have imagined we would have made it this far, and it's thanks to you guys for listening and making it fun and giving all this great feedback and I'm amazed people even listen, So, <laughs> but it's so much fun, uh, and I hope that enthusiasm shows. Uh, we're going to keep getting better and better, so thank you again for listening. I have many thanks. First and foremost, got to thank my parents, Bob and Joanne. So without them, obviously, there would be no me, and there would be no podcast, so thank you guys for having me, and uh, no, my mom always listens every week. She loves the show. I really appreciate it. She always gives quality feedback. She's a great guest on the show. Check out the Jazz Singer episode that we just did, and of course, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, which is Ralph Vieira's favorite episode. Uh, And then my dad, dad's always there. My dad always inspired me to be creative, and this is what I do. This is what I like to do. So again, thanks, Mom and Dad, for all the support. I, of course, appreciate you guys, and I'm glad you listen. And then I have to thank my uncle, Uncle Daryl. He is He's my biggest supporter in the sense that he gives the most honest feedback possible. He'll tell me when something sucks. He'll say when he listened or didn't listen. <laughs> and I love the brutally honest feedback. So I even got him on the podcast this week. So thank you, Uncle Daryl. Of course, our regulars that have been there from the beginning. Super producer Lindley, who is amazing. And she is hilarious every time. Every week I have a new idea for an episode and it always starts the same way. Lindley, what? What? What do you want? Uh, well, what about this week's podcast? I don't know anything about that. I don't have any picks. I don't have, and then she comes up with picks and she's amazing. But every week I, I wait for that and she always gives it to me. Danielle, the laugh. How do you not hear the laugh and not just start laughing yourself? She is one of our favorite guests. She's never conventional. You know, some people do a top 10 list. Some people do a top five list. She does a top six list or seven and a half, but Danielle's the best. Malin, nobody is more insightful than Malin. Malin just comes prepared all the time. Uh, it was easier when we were working together, and now he's at a different company, but he still makes time, and we do our Skype calls, and I'm very appreciative, and and I love having him on the podcast. Of course, my other brother, Brian, Brian Provenzal, he's been on many soundtrack episodes. He always comes prepared. He's enthusiastic. He spreads the word. Love having Brian on the podcast. Samantha. Samantha gives us some credibility with the younger generation. She's, uh, you know, (laughs) the millennials get a bad name, but Samantha does not give millennials a bad name. She's great to have on the podcast, and I love hearing her picks every week. Enrica. We don't have Enrica on as much anymore because she's at a different company, the same company as Malin, actually. But uh, when she she is on, she is excellent. She's on many of the early episodes. And now we've reconnected on Skype. So I'm hoping to get both her and her husband. And uh, as you you will hear on this episode, it will be Akira's debut. So hope for many, many more episodes with Enrica. Definitely check out the Dirty Dancing episode if you want to just hear her and I discussing the soundtrack for Dirty Dancing. We have Sarah, where if you want to check out the Eddie and the Cruiser soundtrack, Sarah's always shot out of a cannon. Love having Sarah on there. You never know what's going to come out of her mouth, and that's why we love having her. 
David Gelbers has been here from the beginning. If you want our superhero picks, and he, he is the man when it comes to superhero movies, and he's back on this episode. Stu, I've been asking Stu to be on for for a long time, and I finally got him on for the Karate Kid soundtrack, and he delivered, and I hope to have him on for many more episodes. Dane, Dane was an, was on in the early episodes. He's definitely a follower. He shares on Facebook. He likes on Facebook. He's an 80s movie fan. He likes the rare stuff. Love having him on. A newer guest, we have Rachel. You've heard her on the high school and college episodes. She did um, some of the trivia. She is just like Samantha. She gives millennials a great name. Stephanie, nobody is more endearing than Stephanie. You can't help but love Stephanie. And then back in the day, there's two special episodes with Dr. Dave. We're hoping to have him on again this year. It's kind of like a once a year thing, but we love having Dr. Dave on. And many, many other guests over the past two years. It's been amazing. Uh, Irve Gross, who wrote our awesome theme music that you always hear on the intros and outros. And he, he gave me all these great little jingles and ideas. And we went back and forth and we found the perfect mix. He is a great, great and talented musician. And of course, his wife, Elen, who is my good friend, who I'm still waiting to get on the podcast because we're going to have to talk about the seven year each. And I'll just leave it at that. The incredible support from other podcasts, most notably the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right, Ralph Vieira, Dr. Fuck, and Ian Wadley, Wadzilla. You, we promote them at the end of every show that we do, and there's good reason. They are our number one supporters when it comes to other podcasts. They promote the hell out of this episode. Uh, not this episode. They promote the hell out of this podcast, and they're great friends of the show. I've guessed on their podcast at least six or, to- six or seven times, been on the Vieira Vault. They are just great. Great guys. Uh, as I'm recording this, uh, in a couple days, I'm actually going to meet them live in Nashville at the uh, Rock and Pod Expo, and I can't wait to meet those guys. They are the best, and I can't thank them enough for the support of their of this podcast uh, on their shows and elsewhere on their radio shows as well. The Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Eric Camaro. Uh, honestly, that's how I kind of got the the inspiration to finally do my own podcast. I got to guest and do a Radio Sucks episode on, on their podcast and uh, gave me the confidence to know that I could probably do it on my own. I knew I didn't want to do music because there's so many great podcasts out there that, that are music, so I chose movies. But I knew after, you know, kind of holding my own with them, I could I could do it. And so, again, I will always be indebted to the Decibel Geek Podcast and continue to listen to them as long as they go. Sonny Pooney. Sonny Pooney's kind of like me. Like, he got kind of a start on the Decibel Geeks, gained the confidence to be on podcasts and started his own, uh, the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael. Really great. He is a friend of the show. He's promoted this show. We promote his show. Um, he's also on, I believe, Podcast Rock City, which is a KISS podcast, um, but the Growing Up Rock podcast, really well done, kind of like the uh, brother of Decibel Geek. And also the listeners, who I've never met, but they give me great feedback. They're always sharing. Uh, Mark Brown in Australia, he suggested the uh, top five best actor and actresses performances. Great fan of the show. Shane Abair, every week he shares, and I'm uh, indebted to him for sharing and, and liking the episodes. Keith Rockford, always see him in the uh, Wadzilla World chat room, giving great feedback. Thank you so much, Keith. Daniel Lee has been there for a long time, liking our, our stuff on Facebook. Peter Jones will always leave comments about our, our soundtracks. Thank you, Peter. Metal Mike, check out his radio show every Friday on That Metal Station. He's, he's listened to some of our episodes, Give me some great feedback. Thank you, Mike. 
Robert Freeman, based out of the UK. Hopefully one of these days we can get him on, but he's a big fan of the podcast. Samuel Wetz, uh, met on Facebook, and really, really a cool guy. Post some great stuff on his fake Facebook page. Johnny Vogan. Johnny Vogan, is, he loves his 80s music. He loves his 80s movies. I love seeing him on the Rock and Metal Combat Facebook page. Uh, hopefully, I think he's guesting on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast soon, so I can't wait to hear from him again. And Greg Cornell, who was a friend of the show on Facebook, always leaves some likes, and uh, I really appreciate the feedback from Greg as well. All right, so this is the fun part. We are going to talk about the most downloaded episodes in the first 100 episodes. We're going to go through the most popular episodes right now, and this is as of a couple days of this posting. All right, we'll just go from 10 down to number one. All right, number 10 is episode 81, and that is the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. This is Dr. Fuck's favorite episode because my mom's on it. Joanne talking about the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. A lot of fun. Number nine is episode eight, and that's our favorite guilty pleasure movies. All sorts of great sound clips on this one. This was a lot of fun. Number eight was episode 75 with my other brother Brian doing the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Number seven is episode 68. This is the very first soundtrack we decided to cover, and that is the Eddie and the Cruiser soundtrack with Sarah. Number six is episode 74, which is Saturday Night Live and film, where we talk about our favorite movies based on Saturday Night Live bits, and then, of course, our favorite actors and actresses from Saturday Night Live, and there's all sorts of fun bits from the old show on that. Number five is episode 89, with Ralph Vieira and Ian Wadley covering movies from 1975 to 1979. This was a tremendous episode, a must-listen. There are stories from Ralph and Ian that have never been told, even on their own podcast. They even joked about it, so definitely check out that one if you're a fan of their podcast and those guys. Number four is episode 71, and it's again with Ian Wadley, and this is the Blues Brothers soundtrack. All sorts of great things. Uh, we talk about all the great music on that soundtrack, uh, including Aretha Franklin, who just passed away. Number three is episode six, the oldest episode on this top ten list, and this is our favorite movie soundtracks. And this is when I kind of got a glimpse of how much people enjoy music. And so while I couldn't make it a strict music show, this is kind of a nice way to sneak in some of our uh, favorite songs, but still correlate it back to movies. So this is where we talk about our favorite soundtracks as a whole, as opposed to one specific soundtrack. But this kind of planted the seed that, hey, maybe cover, maybe doing soundtrack reviews might be something in the cards. And it is. All right, number two is episode 60 with Talking Movies with Ian Watley Part 2. So you know what number one has to be. It's it's episode 59, the episode right before, which is part one of Talking Movies with Ian Watley. We talked for over three and a half hours, so there was no way I was going to do a three and a half hour episode. Let's split it up. I got to add some sound clips, some music and everything. And uh, yeah, you guys love Ian. He's in the top 10 four times. So yeah, the, Ian is a character. He says what is, what's on his mind. You guys love it. You guys can't get enough of it. And that's why we have him on. That's why I go on their podcast because they, they tell it like it is. You know, if you want sanitized podcasting, look elsewhere. But these guys are the real deal. And I love having them on. All right, let's get to my pick for my all-time favorite movie right now. All right, so for my pick, and if you listen to this podcast enough, you'll probably figure it out, but if not, my pick is the 1980 classic and comedy classic, It's Airplane. 
There is no movie like Airplane. This was the beginning of all of the satire, all the parody films that came after it. Uh, it's based on kind of the disaster films of the 70s. You had Airport, uh, The Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno, Earthquake. Uh, but it really actually, there's a movie from 1957 called Zero Hour, where some of the dialogue is like exactly the same. <laughs> so, no, it's it's the stars in this film that make it, that make it so funny because they're all serious actors from the past. And they're saying these ridiculous lines, which makes it excellent. So you have the main stars, which is uh, Robert Hayes, who plays Ted Stryker. I mean, just from his stories that he's telling everyone, he bores everyone to death. Like the the old woman ends up like just uh, <laughs> she. One of them like hangs herself. Uh, one of them like just turns into a, a corpse like immediately after listening to her, listening to him, <laughs> and uh, you know his drinking problem. You know it's it's so he tries to drink and then he basically misses his mouth completely and it goes all over the place. You know he's terrific. Uh, and then his his uh, girlfriend uh, Elaine is played by Julie. Haggerty, and she's equally as paranoid, and she's got this high-pitched voice. They're kind of a nice yin and yang. You got Lloyd Bridges playing Steve McCroskey, and of course, his main punchlines are, you know, I, I picked the wrong week for, and whatever. <laughs> so quit sniffing glue, uh, taking amphetamines, all this great stuff. You have Peter Graves, who plays Captain Over, and um, one of the few times you can actually make pedophilia kind of funny. So, <laughs> hey, Jimmy, ever seen a grown man naked? And he says it so matter-of-factly, so, uh, you know, straight-laced, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> and he has, you know, uh, have you ever been to a Turkish prison? I mean, it just there's so many funny, funny lines that is so not PC, but it's amazing. You have Leslie Nielsen. This is Leslie Nielsen before... Uh, Naked Gun, he was in tons of movies before this and in very serious roles. He was a serious actor as Dr. Rumack. And, uh, you know, I just want to wish you all good luck. We're all counting on you. So, And don't call me Shirley. There's so many great lines. And Robert Stack, who plays Captain Rex Kramer, he kind of plays that tough guy, um, you know, person who's trying to, you know, get everything straight. And, and uh, yeah, he just he plays it way over the top and it makes it perfect. Uh, Steven Stucker, who plays Johnny. Johnny is hilarious. Just He's always with uh, Steve McCroskey uh, all the time. He just says these absolutely ridiculous things, but he's one of my favorite characters. You know, being in the airport back in the 70s and 80s, you had the Harry Krishnas and uh, the Church of Religious Consciousness trying to give you flowers and all that, that BS and oh, a lot of fun. But then you have the, the, the guest stars who weren't the main bit players, but... Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing Roger Murdoch has a Price's line in this. And, of course, Barbara Billingsley, who played Mrs. Cleaver in Leave it to Beaver, speaking jive. Uh, Otto, who is the blow-up autopilot. It's just, it's it's an amazing movie. Uh, I can watch it over and over again. There are so many jokes that you can't, you're going to miss them all, especially when I saw it when I was probably like 9 or 10 years old. And most of it went over my head, but it was still hilarious. I knew it was still hilarious. And every time I watched it as I got older and older, more jokes made more and more sense, and it kept getting funny. I didn't care if the jokes were coming. I still loved it. I never get sick of this movie. I'm going to play some clips, and you're going you're gonna to hear some of the best lines from Airplane. But again, the clips don't do it justice. Watch the movie. It's less than 90 minutes long. It's a perfect comedy movie. The red zone has always been for loading and unloading. There's never stopping in a white zone. Don't tell me which zone is for stopping and which zone is for loading. Listen, Betty, don't start up with your white zone shit again. Would you like something to read? Do you have anything light? Oh, 
How about this leaflet, famous Jewish sports legends? Yes, thank you. Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? You ever seen a grown man naked? Joey, you ever hang around the gymnasium? Joey, you like movies about gladiators? Joey, have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? We got a telegram from headquarters today. Headquarters? What is it? Well, it's a big building where generals meet, but that's not important right now. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Well, I flew single-engine fighters in the Air Force, but this plane has four engines. It's an entirely different kind of flying, altogether. It's, it's an, an entirely, entirely different, different kind, kind of, of flying. flying. And you'll have to talk them onto the approach. So help me, you'll have to talk them right down to the ground. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. I just want to tell you both, good luck. We're all counting on you. But he's an experienced Air Force pilot, approved during the war, so there's no cause for alarm. Henshaw, take over. What kind of plane is it? Oh, it's a big, pretty white plane with red stripes and curtains in the window and wheels, and it looks like a big Tylenol. Chief, this weather bulletin just came off the wire. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I could make a tap. Or a brooch, or a pterodactyl. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Johnny, how much more coffee? No thanks. Chief, these reporters won't leave without a statement. How much longer? Stryker, that plane can't land itself. It takes a pilot who can handle pressure. He's off, Rex. He hasn't flown for years. It's not his fault. Could happen to any pilot. It happened to Barbara Stanwyck. Can't push him too hard. He might break. I don't remember who you're dealing with. Nick, Pete, Jared, there's a fire in the bar. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Passengers certain to die. Airline negligent. There's a sale at Penny's. All right, I'll need three men up in the tower. You, Nubar, you must see us. Me, John, big tree. Stand by, Stryker. We're going to the tower. Good luck. We're going to the tower. The tower? The tower? Rapunzel! Rapunzel! Nelson, Linda. Your husband and the others are alive, but unconscious. Just like Gerald Ford. Now, there's a chance that we can save him if Stryker can get that plane down in time. That isn't much of a chance, is it? I don't know, Linda. I don't know. Well, we're doing everything we can. Now, excuse me, huh? Where did you get that dress? It's awful, and those shoes and that throat. Jeez. Wait a minute. I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You play basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, son, but you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. 
I'm the co-pilot. You are, Kareem. I've seen you play. My dad's got season tickets. I think you should go back to your seat now, Joey. Right, Clarence? Oh, he's not bothering anyone. Let him stay here. All right, but just remember, my name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I think you're the greatest, but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense. And he says that lots of times you don't even run down court. And that you don't really try, except during the playoffs. The hell I don't. Listen, kid. I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old man to drag Walton and Lanier up and down the court for 48 minutes. Can I get you something? Chimofo, butter lamb into the bone. Jack me up. Tighten me. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cuddy say can't hang. Oh, Stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right, would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama didn't raise no dummies. I duck her rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Oh, say, cut it, Jack. Say, please, say, please, say, please. Chomp the one to help, chomp the one to help. Say, can't hang, say, seven up. Jive ass dude don't got no brains in it. All right, next up, you're going to get all of the different people. This is the most guests we've had on since the very first episode, which we did on purpose. Uh, we're going to start with our regulars first. And then we'll get into some brand new people. So it's a lot of fun. So thank you again for listening to the 100th episode. And we hope to have many, many more. Well, we're at the 100th episode. And we're going to begin where we started. And that's with my family. We have my mom, Joanne, who you all love from the Jazz Singer and uh, Saturday Night Fever. We have... It took him 99 episodes to come back. But Uncle Daryl's back. And he promises not to talk about Bambi anymore. And then we have my dad, who looks, would rather be anywhere but here. So You were adopted. I know that, yes. <laughs> anyway, it's amazing I made it two episodes with this kind of crowd, but eh, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, you guys have to pick one movie, your all-time favorite movie. I think Mom and Uncle Daryl will play along. I don't think Dad will, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, we'll start with my mom, because what she's the star. What is your all-time one favorite movie? And, and it's really hard. But I had to come with. Um, I, it's my turn. Not you. Yeah. Ask me a question. Okay. Uh, romancing. You were adopted too. <laughs> romancing the stone. You and picked that over Wizard of Oz. I did. I mean, it was very difficult, but um, I always enjoy watching it over and over again. It has a little bit of everything: mm -hmm. suspense, action, adventure, comedy. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the, I like all the characters. And the movie wouldn't have been the same if they had gone with the original actor, which was Sylvester Stallone. Right, oh, that, I just can't see So that. instead of romancing the stone, he picked Rhinestone. <laughs> For real. Good. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. No, I thought the, the chemistry between... Um, Michael Douglas. Michael and, Douglas and... and Kathleen the, Turner. Mm -hmm, yeah. Were great. And then Danny DeVito, he, he was good in it. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I can remember watching it. Um, let's see, Kelly was born in '81, and I remember getting up to do her like 
midnight feeding uh-huh. and watching it on, really? on yeah on VHS. Really? Yeah, yeah, I would watch it over and over Jeez. again. So, so anyway, that's what I want. With. Romance in the Stone. Romance so if you haven't seen it, good movie. Yeah. All right, Uncle Daryl, we've tried to remind you what your pick was. So. <laughs> well, uh, what are you going with? I'm going with I back into. When I was a youngster, okay, I'm going with the Great Escape. Okay, I was going to say the jazz singer from 1929, but that's. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> you. You're my least favorite <laughs> nephew. I've been told that many <laughs> times. <laughs> so, what about the Great Escape? It does it for uh, you? It's a war movie. Yeah. And everything. I really like Steve McQueen and Steve McQueen. So that's your favorite. You like that more than Bullet? Oh yes. Yeah. I like Bullet too. That was a good movie. So and uh, James Garner's in this and yeah. uh, Charles Bronson, Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. And, and the English actor, I forget his name. Oh yes, who is the? Yeah, who is the other guy in The Great Escape? That's all right. If I ask the, this crowd, it might be we might be on here for an hour. So <laughs> we try to remember. But <laughs> anyway, look it up. It's the internet. Yeah. You can see. Uh, no, that's a good. That's a good pick. But it's it's a long movie. So it's very long. I think yeah. it's around three hours, yeah. something like that. But no, that's definitely one of. Steve I McQueen's saw it movies. about uh, three months ago. Only it took me two nights to, to go through. See, go through it. Yeah. I watched half of it part, and then yeah. the next night and they got you got through it. So that's a great pick. All right. Let's go to the main attraction. And by that, I mean you have a great mane of hair. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, they took my movies. <laughs> right. So, Romancing the Stone, obviously I, I enjoyed that movie because it has a great writer's arc. Mm-hmm. Story arc. And you liked the movie so much you created a trivia quiz out of it, which you forced us to take. True. Yeah. True. Uh, and didn't charge you a thing. I know. And look what this has turned into because of it. And The Great Escape yeah. is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I don't have a favorite movie. I have, and, and see now, you're shaking your head, but why do I have to have one favorite movie? Why can't I have 50 favorite movies because and, it, and not prioritize them? Because if you wanted to start your own damn podcast, you can do 50 movies. But for this episode, you need to pick one. Otherwise, it's going to be a 50-hour episode. Oh, this is a damn podcast. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Pick one. And there's the clock, just in the belt. Okay, that's enough time for now. We'll get you for the number 200. You can pick your second Excuse favorite me, movie. this clock's still going. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if you didn't know, my parents' house has how many clocks? Too many. Yeah, too many. All right, now the clock's done. Your time's up. Pick one movie. I can't pick one movie. Actually, come back to me. I might come up with something. There's what? nobody else, yeah, no. Bob. You're it. Oh, no. No. His real parents. No, oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a great escape and go to Uncle Daryl's house because he's a lot more fun. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> Gee, you're more fun because you came up with a movie. I agree. That I had to tell you three times. <laughs> well, the mind's gone. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the other movie yeah. I was going to take. Well, unfortunately, the whistlers are gone, too. So thanks, guys, for, for being on. That's it? Yeah. And when it comes to episode 200, I'll, I'll, I'll come back. Oh, uh, maybe 110? Maybe? Sure, okay. sure. All right. Thanks, guys. That's it? Yeah, that's it. I want more. No. It's the 100th episode, and we're back with... The, exactly. I don't need to introduce her. I was trying to. You've been on almost every podcast. Every time, you're like, I'm not going to laugh. 
And, and that I can't. <laughs> you, you, and, well, you can laugh, but you can't not laugh. But, <laughs> but this is why people love you. This is why you're un- my uncle's favorite guest. Oh. We just heard him pick the great escape, which is great. So I'm not letting you escape yet until you pick a, one movie. One movie. One movie. One movie. I know it's hard. That is not fun. And you sound exactly like my dad. <laughs> I know. I like it. The only thing missing here is 42 clocks going on. I like on. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one movie. One movie. Why? Because it, <laughs> you sound like everyone else. That is not, that's so annoying. Like, one more. You should make us to pick one of each genre. Right. Yes. So, so that'll be I, fair. Now, now, if I do that, mm. who's going to listen to a 30-hour podcast? I don't know. Just like split in a month. So let's celebrate the hundred and one day one podcast. Or like it that. doesn't have the same ring to it for the hundred ninetieth episode celebrating no. the hundredth episode. But oh god, okay, one movie. One movie that is very hard. Of course it is because I don't have one favorite movie. But you, I, yeah. you have a few that I think. Uh, yeah. So I think my favorite today. Mm-hmm. Because maybe tomorrow it won't be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> it will be like Gone with the Wind. Okay. Because it's I I, I love everything about the movie. I read the book when I was ten, eleven years old. Did you read the book or the see the movie first? I first read the book. Okay. I didn't even knew it was a movie. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and then, yes, I remember it was like two volumes. You know, the book were like huge. It's like a thousand pages. Yeah, it was like part one, part yeah. two. And I read that because my dad made me <laughs> do it. <laughs> now, was this one of his favorite books? It was. No, he has, he has one more. I don't know how to translate, but he has a movie that it's also a book. Okay. That he loved too, but the, the adaptation. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I I I have the book. Yeah. And the movie, and then I can watch anytime I want. <laughs> That's nice. Uh maybe I should let make Clara read the book. <laughs> you should. Clara's your daughter, and she's she's the right age because you probably read it at her age. Yes, I was a little younger than her when I read the first time, and then I watched the movie. I was old, a little older. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the movie more than the book. Isn't funny? Yeah. Like, uh, because usually you like the book more, but mm-hmm. I think I fell in love with Scarlett. Like, she was like everything. Like, she, I don't know, she was a great actress. And, you know, I like, I love everything about her. People don't like her. Mm-hmm. I love Scarlett. Yeah. I think she's like a real life type of person mm-hmm. she well she's a survivor but not only that she was spoiled oh sure she, she likes was the guy that she couldn't have mm-hmm. and she would throw a tantrum because you know like so everything and then okay she was a survivor but it's still and then she was spoiled again yeah. you know well that's part of the reason i'm always rooting for clark gable because he's the antithesis of that like you you're like well scarlet gets what she deserves but you you on the other hand I uh, no. What I love about that movie as well is that we wait for like the happy end, right? As many other movies, uh, like you wait for the Shakespeare ending, 
right? Like in one dial, they get uh, married at the end. They get together at the end, sure. right? The fairy tale ending. And yes, uh, it doesn't happen. No. And it was a surprise to me the first time I saw it. And I saw a few other times to see, not not to see, oh, it's going to be different this time. No. no. Just to, to miss see the little the, if I missed something. Mm -hmm. And I still, I never imagined that he would leave it then. And I, I love that too. Yeah. Like, of course, I want them together, mm -hmm. but I get why they should be together. Right. That that not happen. Mm -hmm. And yes, he's charming, of course, and but she's like the the charm of the movie. Oh, sure. Yes. So that's my favorite movie today. Today. Maybe when I hear that, it won't <laughs> be anymore. anymore. <laughs> like, damn, I don't, I don't like this movie. <laughs> um, so it doesn't bother you that it's a very, I mean, it's almost four hours long, right? Oh, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. When the, when it was played at uh, Stanford. Mm -hmm. um, Stanford Theater. Yes. Palo Alto. I went, watched twice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I knew the movie on the back of my head. I knew everything about the movie, mm -hmm. right? But I was there sitting watching Gone with the Wind yeah. and that beautiful movie theater, you know, eating popcorn. Sure. So I went again. Well, the nice <laughs> part is if you ever are in the Bay Area, it's really cool because they'll they'll have the real-life organ player going yes. in between the movie or beautiful. before the movie. It's yes. great. They had in the beginning and in the intermission yeah. because they had intermission because the movie is huge. Yeah. But yes, it's beautiful, and the movie theater was even more like fascinating. Oh yeah, was it's beautiful. In love, yes. Well, it's been around since the twenties, so yeah, it's, like, it's kind even of like a the little special effects, you no, know, the fire, oh, yeah. you know, that you show. I mean, uh, people. I I saw some people in the movie theater. Ha ha ha! Oh, come on, the movie was made like it's when? In, it's in color in the nineteen thirties. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. so no, no, they should. You know, it's a masterpiece. That. It's a classic yeah. and it's beautiful. So that's why I love that's it. That's why you picked it. Yes. Well, very thoughtful answer. We're glad that you laughed in the intro because that's it. <laughs> wouldn't course. be it. Wouldn't be the same without you. That's right. <laughs> I I won't. One day. <laughs> I'm not left. So for the 200th episode, we'll have you pick your second favorite, and then then you can pick whatever you were going to. Oh, pick. my second favorite is Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't have her on for the 200th episode. Thank you as always, Danielle. <laughs> for the 100th episode, she's been here from the very beginning. Aww. But in the beginning, she was supposed to be the producer, and that lasted all of one week. The producer who does nothing. Yes, I'm comfortable with that. Isn't it like an executive producer and EP credit? Pretty you much. Do nothing. You get all the credit, credit. You get all yeah. the money. And well, yeah, I think it's just to like entice celebrities, like yeah. they become the EP on their movie or TV show. Because I know like Spielberg's executive producer on everything now. Yeah, I think it's just. Like, well, they do it a lot of times to keep big names on something. Yeah. Like, you can also get an EP credit. So, yeah. But it's like so that's why we call you list. super producer. Yeah. we got to keep you on. EP, the, yeah. executive producer. So for this week, we are, it's the 100th episode. Yes. So congratulations to us. And, uh, Congrats. Yeah. You've been doing a good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. She only listens to her own. Her own I'm <laughs> just kidding. I do not. But for this one, it was difficult, but I had to narrow it down. Yeah, you can only pick your all-time favorite movie, which I know is impossible, but... It's impossible. But we're just looking to have fun with it. Okay. So all right. So let me just to declare it? Well, declare your all-time favorite movie. And give no reasons why it's my all-time favorite movie. Well, no. Well, of course we're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay, <sorry. laughs> yeah, and that's it. Cut. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my all-time favorite movie is Giant. With... 
Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson, Elizabeth Taylor, and James Dean. It was One James of, Dean's last movies. He died, actually, before it was released. Right. So his third and last movie. Third and last movie, Can yes. you name the other two? The other two movies? That he was in. Oh, yeah. Rebel Without a Cause yep. and um, East of Eden. That's right. Of course. Are D- you joking? I'm just <laughs> making sure you deserve your super producer status. I was a huge... Uh, the reason why I watched Giant was because of James, James Dean. Yeah. When I was like in seventh grade, mm-hmm. I read by, I mean, I decided I was, you know, obsessed with James, James Dean, Dean and yeah. read all about him. I read multiple biographies. I think, again, it's that 80s nostalgia for the, for the 50s. 50s yeah. So there were all these biographies on him. And mm-hmm. so I started reading about him and then watched all his movies. Well, he know. was cool. Like he was, you know, he was handsome and cool. He was a good actor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was a good actor. It's really, I mean, who knows what he would have turn into probably just a bloated alcoholic (laughs) just like elvis (laughs) i mean i'm sure he was drunk driving his well back in the day drunk driving was just driving so so what about so how often you watch giant a couple times a year or how how often probably now anytime i would be on it was something my friends got me That's like a present. Mm-hmm. I think a birthday present. They bought me the VHS. Oh, nice. You know, like, like the three. Yeah. I think I kept renting it. So I'm sure it, like they had to pull their money. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like $70 oh, for videotapes. Back then. then. It was like really expensive. Yes. It was like, it's not like a $10 purchase on Amazon. No. It was like hard to find. So they came across it and were like, oh, yeah. Well, that's why video rental. Money and get her this. Get her this, this thing. Totally. Yeah. Video rental is such a racket because <laughs> you couldn't afford to buy an actual licensed videotape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. you had to rent it a million yes. times. And uh, by the time you rent or it... Or you try to record it. I yes. remember they came up with those oh, yeah. things. But you had to plug it. Like, to get it to yes. record, you had to plug them mm-hmm. or knock out something. I can't remember. We did plug it. Plug it with cotton. We used our... Well, no, no. So we, you had just had the you know, input in and the output and like the auxiliary. Yeah, but on the actual VHSs, they tried to block you from recording... Somehow, I don't right. know. Am I crazy? I they like did, I but it wasn't physically on the on the tape. Eventually, oh, okay. they came up with a system where it was like some sort of coding where it could figure out if you're that you were recording. And so, what would happen was certain companies like Universal. So yeah. we tried to dub Back to the Future, and you would get this flashing on mm. it. And then when you try to watch it, it looked like your tracking was off, yeah. and so it was constantly <laughs> cloudy. But there were certain miserable for you. Yeah, and so I mean, yeah, so we we had a videotape recorder. That was the initial. That was our dubbing station. Yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. pipe it right into the VCR. <laughs> yeah, good times back then. Whew, it was a lot of money back then. Well, that or you tape it off TV, and you're yes, gonna have a million we taped commercials. Yeah, it off TV. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. that too. Yeah. So Giant is like a at least a three hour movie. It's over three hours. It's yeah. like three hours and twenty minutes. So this is why it's a good pick because you. And could, it was actually on the one hundred. Greatest. Films, greatest films originally, but then they got knocked off yeah. in like 2007. So what about it for like 10 years. has always resonated yeah, with you? No, I just love that it's small. I mean, it's long, but mm-hmm. it's generational. Yeah. Um, I love the family story. I love Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson yeah. as well. Um, yeah, just the, and also the cultural divide, right? She comes from like old money yeah. and he's... I guess he's named it. I mean, I guess it was based on an actual ranch. It's all in Texas, right? It's all in yeah, Texas, yeah. and it was based on some actual ranch mm-hmm. in Texas. Like, this family, and this family was definitely, like, rags to riches. Yeah. Like they were poor. Mm-hmm. Nobody's who then had a successful cattle ranch, but then they there was oil. You know, they started drilling for oil and became, you know, billionaires, right. private planes, all that stuff. But, um, but Leslie... Yes. Elizabeth Taylor comes from old, old Virginian money, money yeah. so she was like the refined one. Yeah, she there. always plays that role well. She can do. She pretty does much. it. Yeah, of I course. Think people forget what a great actress she was. I mean, she was she beautiful. Was yeah, yeah. But yeah. she was actually she could back she's up a her. Really great actress, she's a really yeah, great actress. Good. I love watching her. Yeah, I always watch her. So yeah, I just think the cast is great. Um, 
what's his name is in it? He plays the son. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the Dennis. Dennis. Dennis Hopper. Well, Dennis Hopper. Sorry. Who's actually? Saying? You know yeah, his Dennis very Hopper. first movie. That's his first. I thought that was no. His first movie. It's not okay. You'll like it. It's a good what connection. Movie, yeah. Rebel without a cause. Oh, funny. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, that's funny. So I bet he was. He was probably buddies with James Dean. Maybe I don't remember that in my biography. Oh, and, and another <laughs> Salminio's in it too, so it's all Salminio's in. Yeah, he plays on Hill. Yeah. yeah, he plays on Hill. So that's kind of funny because you have a total <laughs> rebel without a cause He's connection. So cute in that one. I know. Uh, he had kind yeah, of a tragic ending too. As well. I know. And then you know James Dean dated famously, well, she famously wrote about it, dated mm -hmm. um, Jerry Seinfeld's mom on Seinfeld, who played Jerry Seinfeld's mom on Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. She wrote about their affair that they had when they were very young. Really? You know, in New York. Yeah, that's so that's kind of funny. funny. Just think, he, he could have been on Seinfeld if he had lived. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's so funny looking at her, you're like, you can't imagine. Really? Yeah. Like, Wow. It's long. It's generational. I can always turn it on. Mm -hmm. It's also, I mean, I just love the, it's very... I just watched it not like a few weeks mm -hmm. ago. The end, like the probably the last hour, the yeah. ending. But it was like the last hour I watched with my daughter. So it's all about, um, you know, the division between the laborers on yes. the ranch and like how they're treated and mm -hmm. how they're mistreated. So like, you know, Leslie, the Elizabeth Taylor character, tries to right these wrongs or tries yeah. to take care, better care of mm -hmm. their um, labor pool. So yeah, it felt very relevant to Even today. what's going on today. Absolutely. You know, children being separated from their families or yeah. whatever, just like people needing work and yeah. living in horrible conditions so they can work. So it was just kind of explaining to her like, well, it's kind of still like that. To, you know, it's, Talk to Amazon. It's a lot like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just like, You need yeah. the job. You're not going to complain. So yeah. No, it's just, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It was just yeah. very interesting. It's like, wow, not a lot has changed. I no. mean, a bit better, but. Well, as always, check out Giant if you haven't seen it. Yeah, and James Dean is really great yeah. in it as well. So it's a really, really great performance see all james dean's movies because they're all very very good mm, rebel without a cause and eh. it's of the time giant are great yeah rebel without a cause i eh. yeah it's you're gonna I laugh i want to watch it yeah, yeah. you're gonna <laughs> laugh because it's like kind of the it's very traumatic teen yeah it's like so like you just want to smack it yeah it's just like oh my god just go home and do your homework get over it it's like he's the big rebel but it's yeah without a cause literally <laughs> it feels like one of those like just say no like ads or yeah, they would tell yeah, or show yeah. kids films they would show so back then bad. yeah but it's of the time it's kind of iconic so. in a way I don't know. But, yeah. yeah i know it's an iconic film but it's not yeah it wouldn't have been iconic if he i think he had lived longer maybe right because yeah. didn't it come out did that also come out after he died? Or surely, I mean, all no. of his movies came out close to when he passed. Was East of Eden his first? I think it was. I think East of Eden was his first, and then Herbal Without a Cause, and then Giant. And he definitely died before Giant came out, and I thought he died before two movies came out. Yeah, you're actually, yeah. Okay, so East of Eden, Herbal Without a Cause came out in 55, Giant came out in 56. So, yeah. yeah, and he died in 55? Yes. Or 56. He died in September 30th, 55. So, yeah, yeah his two he, movies came out. Exactly, and, right, that's right crazy. before he died, yeah. Okay, we'll see you, Giant. Right. Yeah. Go see Giant. It's Thank you as always, super producer. Time. We hope to have you on for the 200th episode where you can talk about your second favorite movie. Oh my god. Actually, yeah, that's what 200 is going to be. My second favorite movie? Yeah. Or everybody's second favorite movie? Yeah. Um, I have no idea. That'll take a while. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Wayne's World. Wayne's World? <laughs> Maybe. What's another movie I can always watch? Okay, we got back one of our regulars for the 100th episode, and it was tough for him to narrow it down just one, but he did. But Maywin's back to discuss his all-time favorite movie, and I'm dying to know what it is. So what is it, Maywin? Hey, Brian. It's um, it's Mulholland Drive. Which you've discussed a few times, but I, I want to hear 
I want all the minutia about this this particular movie. Oh gosh, I can't go into all the minutia. <laughs> As anyone who's seen the film uh, will well know that the the minutia of this film is it's easy to fall into mm -hmm. um, because uh, it's got a non-linear plot. Um, it works on an emotional level um, more so than maybe a, a narrative level. Um, and because of that, um, a lot of the gaps that you have to fill in as an audience um, can be really easy to fall into. But that's part of what I like so much about it is, um, first, that it's, it's an open-ended adventure in a lot of ways because so much is deliberately left open to interpretation by the audience that, you know, I, every time that I see it, I, um, I feel like I, ex I experience it on a different level. I draw different things out of it. Um, my emotional reactions uh, sometimes shift in um, sometimes unexpected ways. Um, so I like that a lot about it. And I think it, one thing I like about the director so much is that I kind of I, I'm kind of assuming that he's putting a lot of faith and trust in the audience to kind of follow the idea of experiencing a film rather than kind of just receiving a fixed storyline mm -hmm. um, and being being confident enough to create something that is so malleable that you can't uh, you you really as as a an artist I don't think you can't come to it with an expectation that you control the audience expectations. And that's very antithetical to a lot of what Hollywood produces, right? So much of the scoring of music for films, um, the direction, the casting, everything about it is made to manipulate um, the emotions of audiences from beginning to end. Oh, absolutely. Uh, his work doesn't do that. And this, this piece in particular, it, it just, it just grabs me every time. Another thing I like about it is I feel like I have a little bit of a, a history w with it, like personal history with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I first saw it when I was in graduate school and living in Southern California. And I have, um, developed, developed a fine, uh, love hate relationship with Southern California. <laughs> um, uh, during that time when I was living in Santa Barbara. Um, but I would drive down to Los Angeles on the weekends, you know, to get some escape, get some, some type of perspective, whatever perspective you get in Los Angeles, that's questionable. <laughs> but so I drove down to Los Angeles late one night to see Mulholland drive, um, when it was playing in the San Fernando Valley. And I walked in thinking, okay, I'm going into a David Lynch movie. Who knows what's going to happen? Right. Uh, but but I did know that you know it had been marketed about a a mystery about a woman, um, and that there may have been amnesia involved, um, and there something about Mulholland Drive is like a set piece. So I went in knowing that, which you know, with most movies, that's you know, it, probably I usually don't want to know any more than that going into a film. Right. Um, so I, I went into it, and I came out feeling like that movie had pretty much perfectly captured the way that I felt about Southern California and Los Angeles, um, as well as the, the kind of the umbilical cities to, um, Los Angeles, like Santa Barbara. Sure. And so, you know, like that kind of trajectory, I felt like I really got a huge amount out of that film, you know, for, for what I was ready to receive or whatever. Um, just in terms of my own experiences. And I absolutely loved it. It just, 
the last few shots of the film are really miraculous. Um, uh, just in the way that they manage to twist something that you have been experiencing for like two and a half hours. And just with a final statement, that final bit of punctuation, they both undermine uh, and emphasize everything that you've seen in a way that really has you leaving the theater wondering what you experienced. Um, for me, really satisfied with what I've experienced, hoping that I'll be able to experience it again, knowing full well that a film like this, you only experience it the same way once, right. or anyway, right? and any other time you'll experience it very differently. So I like that as well about it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Going into a David Lynch film, at least up until that point in time, you know, could be um, pieced together like a puzzle, which really I've learned since then isn't the point. It's not completely the point. Parts of this movie certainly can be pieced together like mm -hmm. a puzzle, mm -hmm. but if you get to the end of this puzzle and you have every single piece in your hand, it kind of defeats the purpose. Mm. Um, you really need, I think, for this film to be effective, and the reason that for me it is as effective and, and profound as it is is because when I get to the end of this puzzle, there are pieces missing um, there are pieces that I've forced into the wrong slots and I know it, but because I'm so engaged in what's happening, I still do it anyway, <laughs> you know, just in terms of like trying to figure out what's going on, figuring out what I think about it, mm -hmm. figuring out what things mean, right. um, in narrative, in terms of metaphor, in terms of symbology. Well, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go check it out. And as always, thank you so much, man. Thanks for it. Okay, for the 100th episode, we have one of our favorite guests who's been there from the beginning. It's my other brother, Brian. How's it going? All right. So, this is the fun one. This is the difficult one. This is where you have to come up with your all-time one favorite movie, and it's it's very hard. And uh, you're taking this very seriously so much as you wrote a pre-written statement. Well, yeah, because... Picking my favorite movie was not difficult at all. Oh, okay. But mm -hmm. the explaining why it's my favorite movie is probably more difficult. Sure. Although, you know, a lot of people might like this movie too. Anyway, yeah. so I'll read my statement. Uh -huh. um, and then we'll get into it. I'd we'll, like to announce yeah. that I'm taking my talents to <laughs> Cleveland Cavalier. No, sorry, wrong, wrong statement. Another podcast that'll uh, yeah. pay you more. Right. And are you going to take Danielle right. and, and, and Lindley with you? Yes, yeah, so yeah. that's the most hits on that. Exactly. <laughs> No. All right, so Star Wars is my favorite movie, and here's what I wrote. Star Wars isn't perfect, but it's my favorite movie. Many Star Wars fans probably like The Empire Strikes Back better, and I would agree that the drama is better in Empire. But to me, Star Wars is a complete coming-of-age tale, which makes it more rewatchable. It features everything I've come to love in movies. Technology, magic and obscure lore with the Force, mm -hmm. morality and noble sacrifice, and new places to discover. Star Wars is simply the basis for how I view all other movies. It's my gold standard. Maybe someday I'll come, come across a movie that I'll want to watch repeatedly and that gives me the same or better things than Star Wars does, like the ability to go back and find some overlooked detail or to relive the pure enjoyment of something like blowing up the Death Star. Yeah. But I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's perfect. And this is exactly, this is the embodiment of what we were looking for in your favorite movie. And this is why... You had to pick Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just it's just my go-to. I don't know comfort so, food movie. I, get, that's like, a good way to put it. Yeah. And just I have a great time watching it. Like every time mm -hmm. I watch it a lot when I'm sick, and it makes me feel better. Just you know, just because I don't think about being sick. What, did you see these in order? So like, did you see New Hope first or Star Wars yeah. as it was called? Yeah. For us? Um, yeah, I saw Star Wars in the theater. I think it was my first movie. According mm -hmm. to my parents, it was my first movie, and I was probably like three. I think it was on like a 
I don't think I saw it when it came out in 77, but I saw it probably like on a re-release. Okay, which they did off. Which they did, yeah, because there was no home video at the That's time. That's right. So yeah, I'm from the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and they didn't really show, I mean, it was a big event to show anything like this on television. Right. So, I don't, okay. so I, I'm sure I've seen it on television because it's been shown, it was probably shown in the 80s or maybe sure. early 90s even. Um, but yeah, I saw I saw Star Wars and I saw Empire in the theater when that came out. Okay. you know, when the first run, and mm-hmm. then I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater. And yeah. that one I actually still remember like lining up for Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, being really excited to see it. And at the as I was saying to Brian offline before before this, I, uh, at the time Return of the Jedi was my favorite movie when it came out. Yeah, because I just loved everything about it, and I was super excited to see that movie, and it like it lived up to all my expectations. But you know, over time, it's kind of like yeah, I just keep going back to Star Wars. Yeah, and and, and those are one of those movies <clears> where. Um, the hype of the time, you being innocent, mm-hmm. the anticipation of something can sometimes cloud you yeah. when you're young, at least. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's great. It's probably Empire, or sorry, um, Return of the Jedi maybe is the best of the ki- more kid friendly movie sure. of the three of the original trilogy, just because of the Ewoks. And sure. It, you know, it had a happy ending, too, like Star Wars. But it's dark. Happy too, it's dark. It's I mean, also dark with Jabba. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's yeah. pretty... Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of gross. I was 8-ish yeah. when it came out, and I was just super excited to see that movie. And I, I think I, I actually spoiled myself on the movie because I, I got the storybook and the record? before that. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the record. Okay. I got the storybook, and it had the, you know, like, it was... I read that, you know, mm-hmm. very religiously. And oh, yeah. I, I couldn't wait to share it with my friends. Like, can you believe what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever... Go, how often do you go back and watch... Just the first movie of Star Wars, or do you uh, always watch it together? It's been a little while, and I, you know, since the new ones have come out, I probably have rewatched those a couple times more recently. I wanted mm-hmm. to sit down and do like a marathon of like yeah. the original trilogy again. I used to watch it like once or twice a year, mm-hmm. the Star Wars alone, or or the whole original the whole, trilogy, uh-huh. and I haven't done that as much. Did they re-release like the original trilogy in the theater at one point during the prequels? They did before the prequels. They did the special editions, which you know, that's a whole other yeah. can of worms. Did you go in. and see that? I saw okay. all those because I wanted to see the movies on the big screen again. Okay. So I enjoyed that, although, you know, there's some problems with, like, everyone's... Sure. They've been talked to that, so I don't want to go in. Well, actually, this brings up a good point. So eventually, (laughs) I'm going to run out of ideas for damn good movie memories, and I'm going to go through my DVD collection. Uh Of course, I own the original trilogy. Of the re-release in the original Star Wars, what is different? What did Lucas... Do you remember what Lucas changed, at least in the first movie? The the biggest and most controversial one is where... um, in the original release of Star Wars, Han shot at Greedo first, and they That's changed it so Greedo shot first. Okay, and everyone got upset at that. I was like, "No way, Han was <laughs> first. And I, I agree. Like that was, you know, it was the character he was, and mm-hmm. and I, like it's kind of like a big character moment to show that he would, you know, he know, like he knows how to handle himself. He knows what's going on, and he's not going to let someone get the jump on him. Right? Why revisit? Yeah, that, but then yeah. to change it to make it seem like, well, he's only shooting in self-defense. It didn't seem. It's kind of BS. Yeah, it's kind of BS. And it created great memes and great T-shirts. That yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I see it all the time. Like like shot a, first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was the main one, and then there's a couple. Like where they're uh, Luke and Obi Wan are going to the spaceport. Mm-hmm. Um, they drive in, and there was this whole scene added with all the CGI, pretty much crap. Like it totally yeah. wasn't needed. It was just like George Lucas was having fun with his computer, so yeah. he just put it in there. Well, that's and then, right. yeah. For me, yeah. like the part that I actually did like about the special edition was the the Death Star battle at the end, where they kind of um, cleaned up the special effects a little bit. Yeah, made it look modern, a little more modernized. So I felt like it, it 
it didn't show his age. It's age as much. But. So I have the original DVD releases. It was like a double disc where it actually keeps the original print on oh, there, except oh. it's letterbox. I mean, it's, oh, it's kind of so yeah, but yeah. still, it's like a like a collector's item. Exactly, they, they won't sell it anymore. They won't sell it like, anymore, and that's why I won't get rid of them. So yeah. even though I could have it on Blu-ray, I'm like, I'm keeping yeah. my original. Yeah, my original. I think set. you can get that old set, or there's like I guess probably some laser discs still floating around. Of yeah, the original trilogy that might have actually be letterbox. Okay, or, yeah. Or, so I don't know how the book, I try to read up on all this. I can't get a straight answer. I'm like, I'll just keep my original. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get rid of it. Yeah. Unless you're going to sell it to a collector who's going right. to pay a lot of money. But uh, yeah, I would keep it just yeah. <laughs> for the re- the record. Uh, yeah, I go online to look how much. I'm like, whoa, geez, I bought these for 10 bucks a piece back yeah, in the day. Now, so, yeah. I have the I have the VHS version. Oh, nice. It might not even work anymore. I don't know. Those are probably worse than too. I don't have too. a VCR for one Keep it. Keep it. You never know. It's like vinyl. Yeah. So yeah. Well, as always, Brian, all great right, thing. Nobody's picked Star Wars yet. We'll wow. see if right. down the we'll road. See. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Thanks as always. Thank you. Okay, it's a hundredth episode, and we have one of our regulars back, and it's Samantha. Welcome back. Hey. So this was difficult for you. You kept going back and forth between a few movies, I think. Yes. And um, you finally today nailed it down to the mm-hmm. one. Yeah, because we've been talking about this, like, is this your favorite movie, or is it like your desert island? What movie you're stuck with? Right. And I, there was lots of criteria I was thinking about, but I did decide to go with like, which is one of my favorite films that like, I will always put on like it's a comfort movie that I like and I never get tired of it and just warms my heart. (laughs) So I went with that as opposed to maybe something that's like a little more like entertaining Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, this movie has a lot of components that I like from films, right. and this is my favorite version. Um, and yeah, I think it's one of my faves. And Brian so, brought, I just interviewed Brian, and he brought up a good point. Do you compare all other movies to this one? Oh. Like, are there points in this movie where, like, it's just not as, you know, it didn't have, like, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think for sure. I had to end up going with a specific genre because I mm-hmm. do like different genres and I like, I like, you know, international movies. I like foreign, uh, foreign movies. Yeah, yeah. I like foreign movies. Yeah. I like old movies. Mm-hmm. I I don't watch a lot of newer movies that come out, but when they do, I always go for a specific type. Yeah. So this is one It came out about a little over 10 years ago, but okay. it's one of those types for me. It's my favorite type. And... I knew it was something that I I do compare I do compare other ones yeah. too. That's a really good yeah. I thought it was perfect the way you described mm-hmm. it. Okay, this yeah. is we built up oh, this God. tension and the suspense. What is the movie? So I'm I'm a little embarrassed, but people <laughs> who know me would know I would pick this. Uh-huh. But it is Pride and Prejudice. I think you've talked about it before too. <laughs> Made in 2005. Yeah. So there's been a million adaptations of this. It's a book, so it's not an original piece For of art. Sure. But I really love this movie. I can't help it. And it, um, when it came out, I thought it was just a lovely, lovely movie because it, it's. So I'm a like a costume drama junkie. Yes. I yeah. will watch every single costume drama period piece that is made. It's my favorite type of film. Like if there's a new one that comes out, I will go see it, or mm-hmm. I will make sure to find it. Um, <laughs> And I think part of it is I used to, I'm a big reader yeah. and I was like I studied English literature. In, it's in your blood. In college, like that was my favorite 
like pastime mm-hmm. be- really before I got into movies. Mm-hmm. So I always liked book adaptation. So you had read this book obviously before mm-hmm. seeing the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I read it and I mean I saw it like when it came out um in two thousand and five. Okay. And I was, you know, a teenager at the time mm-hmm. and it really encapsulated everything I like with a good period piece. Mm-hmm. So it's authentic looking. Yeah. So they did an excellent job with the costumes. Just the costumes and the sets are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the shots are it's a it's a beautiful movie. They have get the countryside and like lots of long tracking shots and um it also has a really good cast with a lot of like legitimate British actors mm-hmm. who are really well known. I hate a period piece when they get people from the wrong place. Right. Like if it's a French book and they have people with English accents, I it bothers me so much. Yeah. Like let's not even talk about Le Miserable. <laughs> no. Ugh. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Um, so let's get into we'll get into the cast. Who? Kira Knightley's in it. Yeah, and she's one of my favorites. Uh, Rosamund Pike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew McFadden. Yeah, and uh, he's a yeah. pretty uh, yeah. um, like steady like British actor. Yeah. He's done a lot of period pieces. He's also done TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was one of his like breakout film roles. Um, and then the big ones are uh, Donald Sutherland uh, plays the dad in of the family and Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. I know, so you gotta have that. So in. when she pops up, yeah. it's gonna be a good. It's movie. authentic. And she plays the really mean aunt. Ah. Um, Tallulah Riley and uh, Carrie Mulligan, Jenna Malone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's a great, great it's cast. It's a great cast. A few of so it's. If you're not familiar with Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> it's a family of sisters. And so Keira Knightley and um, Rosamund Pike play the oldest two. Mm-hmm. And then the three younger sisters are all very um, important to the book. And the, I think the actresses they played, mm-hmm. they were kind of not so... They weren't like stars at the time, yeah. but kind of like starlets up and coming and... That, yeah, it was just an all-around great cast, and even the um, secondary cast, um, the guy who plays their cousin, Mr. Collins, is really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in a bunch of other similar movies, almost. These are very much so, like, British character actors in yeah. a way. Like, there's a whole world. If, if you watch enough British period pieces, yeah. you always see the same people. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of cool, though. I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of comfort. There's your comfort food type yeah, movie. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So you get like a great cast, and then um, so yeah, they have it's an authentic look. Cast is great, and then it's a really good adaptation of the book itself. Yeah. So it doesn't follow the dialogue exactly, mm-hmm. and the plot isn't you know exactly exactly similar. There is um, a mini series that came out in the '90s mm. that people argue is a more direct adaptation, but I think this it still stuck with the plot. Okay. Did you watch the mini series? Or yeah, I you? didn't really care for it. Okay. It was too stuffy and it yeah. didn't look as pretty. So <laughs> <laughs> the um, Samantha said, "Stick with 2005." So yes. <laughs> yeah, like the first one has Colin Firth, but mm. like, eh, whatever. Um, <laughs> The yeah, it, it's a good, it's a good, good, good adaptation. Also, the score is really pretty. Yeah. So that's something that's important to me. I like, I really like the full package. Yeah. It has to be like I like that artistic feeling when you know that the director and everyone kind of work together 
to make sure it all looked, sounded, flowed right. well. And I really don't think there's any gaps there. They put in the extra effort that you appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it had everything that I liked, and it's. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh. But now I, I kind of have to now. Like I have to. Well, you've praised it so much. I love over it. Over the years, that yes. But it's it's a thing. Like people are either into these movies or no, they're, they're not. not. Yes. Like there's not a lot of action. Mm -hmm. You have to follow along with the dialogue. It's yeah. a lot of talking. Yeah. And I'm fine with that because I like yeah, old movies. You do. Yeah. So, so yeah. There is that parallel. I yeah. think why I like this movie and. And it's it picks up on Jane Austen's writing. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of quick dialogue, yeah. really sarcastic, dry humor. I love that. Yeah. And so you have to follow along yeah. and get it. And if you do, it's really funny. Like I think this is a funny movie. Yeah. And it's a funny book. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't. Well, you if you're not into it. If you're not, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I get thrown off by the costume stuff. But mm -hmm. the once I get into the story, it really mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. Um, you recommended uh, Three Billboards from Ebbing, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Loved it. It's not something I would rewatch over and over oh, again. Yeah. But it's a great movie it's to see once. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, your documentary, you pick Great Gardens, which mm -hmm. I loved. Yeah, and that's so, a fun one. You know, I, I go with Samantha's oh, picks because she's right on. Yeah. I haven't seen all the foreign films you've seen. Oh, so, okay. That's your expert expertise. How often do you go back and watch this, this um, movie? If it's on TV, I will watch it. Mm -hmm. I have the DVDs. Okay. Um, at my current apartment, I actually don't have a DVD player. Okay. Um, but it was on Netflix for a little while, mm -hmm. so I did watch it nice. probably a few months ago. Or whenever I saw it. I watched a few months ago. However, I did. But <laughs> it's, I will watch it at least once a year. Yeah. Maybe more if it's on more than that. It's a good, like, oh, I'm home on Sunday. Yeah. and. It's cold, and I don't want to go outside, and I'm just going to watch this. That's okay. That's what we're looking for. So, again, as always, thank you for always being on the podcast. We'll look forward to hearing from you more. I and if I ever get it. Pride and Prejudice in my DVD collection, we'll definitely be oh, talking about it. Oh, you have to watch it. I know. Well, that I can just I'll, – I'll, I'll put it in my neck. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> thank you, Samantha. All right, thanks. All right, it's episode 100, so we're trying to get back – all of the people that have been on from the very beginning, and it's been a while, but we now have Enrica back and a ah, special hi. guest. Yes, a special guest. This is my husband. Hello, I'm Akira. Akira and uh, we were married about a year ago, but we've been together for like 10 years. So we've seen a lot of movies together. That's right. <laughs> and a lot of movies apart. And a lot of movies apart. <laughs> well, that's good, because then you do both have different perspectives. But Enrique has talked about Akira a lot on the podcast, so it's only natural he should be on. Now he's actually Thanks. here. Yeah. <laughs> I am here to tell you my favorite movie. That's right. Yeah. So it's taken 99, well, 100 episodes when we finally got him, so that's good. Yeah. He, I mean, he wouldn't come down to Yacht, because we only have one car, so. That's true. <laughs> Well, that's why Skype works. Okay, so of all time, of all the movies I've seen, I think the most memorable and the one that will be my favorite probably for as long as I'm alive is of the movie Babel, directed by Alejandro Inaratu. Really? Yes. Isn't that weird? Um, I was this close to saying Free Willy. <laughs> like, honestly <laughs> but that that is my number two because that movie encapsulates encapsulates and captures my like pre-adulthood and the movie that like catapulted me into being like wow movies are incredible and they can communicate so much more than you can imagine was when i saw 
babble. And I think I was 13 when I saw it. And that's kind of dark to see when you're a teenager. Yeah. When I saw it, I saw we I had read it because I was like, ooh, it's about languages. I like languages. <laughs> babble is a thing that I know as a theme. And then I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is so <laughs> crazy. And all the different narratives that were like woven together by the same like themes of communication and and the acting was amazing. And I think I got it because I had a crush on Brad Pitt. Like, cause, and he was on like the picture yeah. at the VHS store. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, just... I want to rent this one. This will be good. Inspired me to study language and mm. study communication and study the you know, breakdown of communication. And now I'm working. <laughs> it's well, It's got a great cast. So you get Brad Pitt, as you mentioned, Kate uh, Blanchett, uh, yes. Ellie Fanning, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Uh, Rinko Kikuchi, uh, you know, just a really well, well done cast. Michael, Pen- Michael Pena. So yeah, I mean, so when's the last time do you think you saw this? I think I saw it maybe again when I was sixteen. Okay, I haven't seen it then. So you know, almost eleven years ago. Okay, What's your favorite so movie? I it was really close between three very disparate movies. Okay, uh, in the spirit of things, I'll only go with the one I picked as my favorite. Awesome. Um, which is Children of Men, also directed by a Mexican filmmaker, Alfonso Cuaron. I love Alfonso And he was, the, I think, the first Mexican to win the Academy Award. With Pan's Labyrinth? I, I didn't look that far into it. But it's a, the Children of Men is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. I guess it is my favorite movie. And there's so many really interesting things about it. One of the things that I really like about sci-fi movies is their ability to explore something kind of just outside of what is real Mm -hmm. children of men i think does that in a very interesting way where it just sort of the only science fiction part of it really is like the premise Mm. of you know no new children are being born and like that's the only aspect that's That's like very sci-fi so like the sci-fi aspect i think is like super there and really interesting all the actors in it, I think, do a great job. Uh, and then also the directing and like the filmmaking is probably some of my favorite you know, filmmaking. There's this one really long extended shot, mm-hmm. just like no cuts. Mm. It's just continuous following of Clive Owen's sort of protagonist character. Yeah. This kind of rubble and war zone type thing going on. Yeah. And it's like a really amazing shot and you don't realize it's all one shot until you're sort of sitting at the edge of your seat and you're like how long have i been at the edge of my seat yeah it's a battle sequence as well wow. so there's like quite a bit of choreography and blocking going on where different things are happening different characters and there's different explosions and interruptions but the entire time it's one oh single shot and you're following one character and you're witnessing all these different plot-oriented sequences. Oh my god, that's so good. And then, he made me watch that like, yeah, two or three times. Maybe two times, just two times. Um, and every time I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> another, I guess another thinking through the movie again is that one of the really interesting aspects of it, maybe I won't uh, spoil it too much for people, but is that yeah. at one point there's a loud explosion and yeah. you just hear like this ringing sound for a number of minutes and it's like, that's the sound that you would have heard as this character just sort of like having had something so loud go off in your ear mm. sort of sets the tone for a lot of other things that go on. 
What else? Is that the one with Michael Caine? Yeah, Michael Caine's in it. Love Michael Caine. His Kane. character's insane in that He movie. plays a really amazing, interesting character. Uh-huh. And does this crazy monologue about, it's about marijuana. Uh, he does Strawberry cough, right? Yeah, he does a lot of monologues. <laughs> Michael Caine's a great monologue. He's fantastic. Um, Julianne Moore's in it? Yeah, Julianne Moore. Yeah, She's really good. Uh, one part of it that I think is really interesting is although it's still like in this sci-fi universe it explores some really sort of uh basic um necessity concepts Mm -hmm. so for like a long time in the movie clive owens protagonist character the problem he has is that his shoes don't fit or he doesn't have shoes (laughs) or the shoes he has are really wet right just like probably a majority of the movie clive owens character has something wrong with the shoes on his feet (laughs) and it's like an integral part of what we are as people but it's like so ingrained that we don't really think of it anymore but like if you have a pair of wet shoes on that's what you're thinking about absolutely and if he's not you know obviously going through this crazy experience where yeah. he's on the run and the world is collapsing he's thinking about his shoes yeah it's like, it explores this like we are uh, humans worrying about our own human problems and also just trying to make it through like the world's problems <laughs> <laughs> and that was really cool i love that movie that was a good one and then on another sort of topical aspect of the movie now that i'm just going through i guess the reel in my head mm-hmm that there is uh, a significant amount of commentary in the movie about how major powers should interact with the rest of the world and what isolationism can lead to and all sorts of sort of more political class issues and stuff like that. Uh So how did you discover Children of Men? Was it something that you saw a preview for or word of mouth or or what was it? So I was thinking about this in preparation for this um, podcast, and I, I realized that <laughs> five minutes five minutes ago. <laughs> I appreciate um, it. I, That's more than most people. <laughs> I, I realized that I think I saw that long single cut mm. um, ah. piece in one of my like freshman college classes, mm-hmm. uh, and then that sort of inspired me to go out and rent it or find it online. I'm not really sure exactly how I saw it, but then I was like, "Wow, this is an amazing movie." Yeah. Um, and then I guess after that, like, I just watched it a couple of times, maybe like once every other year or something. When did, when did it come out? 2006. Yeah. Oh, so we were in high school. Yeah. So I definitely didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. Awesome. Now I have to have you both on at the same time for every, everything we do. So this is perfect. So I'm so glad we could do this. It took a hundred episodes, but we finally did it. Hey, and, uh, I wish I could do a video podcast. That was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks for Ryan. having us. All right, it's been a while, but he's back, and he's been here from pretty much the beginning. From so day one. Day one. So now we're at episode 100, and you have to come up with your all-time favorite movie, which is hard. I'm going to go with number one, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Really? Because it has everything. It has mm-hmm cool fighting, it has cool uh, music, it has cool like visuals and cinematography mm-hmm. and it's like cut very like fast paced, like it's just like go, go, go. Um, outfits are cool. It's like really complex and like a weird kind of like poppy way. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a period of my life where I just watched it like every day <laughs> really? and um, like to varying degrees of sobriety. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, which is better? Is it sober or, or not sober? Either way. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Still holds up. Um, even if you're, yeah, head down the toilet, it's still <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah, 
there's just like there's so much going on and there's like weird things in the background of like the little sound effects and like things like just the people's like faces are doing yeah. and um during one of my multiple views there's like multiple commentary tracks i'm just like leave on the commentary track yeah. and they'd have like little like random things like oh yeah this this was because of this and there's like a lot of little things it was just like what oh. year did it come out 2010 i think okay I think so. So you saw this in the theater. Yeah. And so immediately this was something immediately that you clicked. Immediately I tried to go home and like find like a torrent rip download <laughs> and like I tried to find like the soundtrack right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. so you knew of the, you have the soundtrack, you listen to the soundtrack. Have the soundtrack, have the, the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I don't have the, the 4K Blu-ray yet. So how often do you re- revisit like every couple Months I, or? I had watched it so yeah funny enough it was like all-time favorite movie like from the day it came out yeah like, 2010 up till now but when i started dating my girlfriend yep um tried to be like oh you haven't seen scott pilgrim oh, wait you see this <laughs> and just we didn't make it through like really the first 10 15 minutes she was like what it like i don't get it like what are, and i was like I have to rethink some shit now. Like, wow. But, That's actually a great episode. Like, or that could be a good one. Like, what movie does your significant other not get that you had to read? That you're just like, oof, like, that's a red flag and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, so to okay, this day. Okay, so we, now we have to bring it up. What's her favorite movie? Lion King. Okay, so, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, I'm not going to yeah, have her wrong. Completely <laughs> different. Um, yeah, but, which is weird because, you know, in the ensuing years, she puts up with, so much ridiculous crap that I make her watch. Yeah. Like, randomly made her watch the fourth Insidious movie. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure, that was fine. And it's yeah. like, but you won't finish goddamn Scott Pilgrim. It's like, okay, cool. cool. As always, thank you, David. Thank you. Okay, you loved him on the Karate Kid soundtrack episode. Did very well. And you also loved him on, I think it was the second trivia round with Lindley. Oh, yes. And uh, forever known as the Replicant uh, episode. Or fiasco, according to to Lindley. But he's back. We're happy to have him back. Welcome back, Stu. Thank you. So, 100th episode. I made everyone that wanted to participate come up with their one all-time favorite movie, which was hard for most people. It uh, wasn't hard for me, surprisingly. Really? Yeah, and you would think it would be, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but you had to narrow it down to one movie. Right. Though you, had, you struggled with a few. So what are you going to go with? So I'm going to go with Karate Kid. Okay. Right, so... And then, we actually, just go with that episode. Thanks, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Just having you. laughs> Just link it to Yeah, exactly. Really good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one that I probably watched the most... Because um, I don't watch a lot of movies over and over again. Okay. Um, so yeah, people have said that, which uh, yeah, it's like you one do, in, right? all you the time. It. Yeah, it's yeah. like comfort I food. I don't know how you do that. I, it's like comfort food. There's yeah. something cool about just knowing what you're going to get. And I think comedies lend themselves to that. Yeah. And just, you know, like it brings you back in a space and time that may have been good or bad, but whatever. You just, it, it comes back to you and you just. Huh. I like it. There's something nice about it. But yeah. I get why some people wouldn't want to because right. they want something new. But, but yeah. you, do you leave a lot of space in between when you watch something over? Now I do. When I was a kid, no. I mean, I could easily watch. The, I probably watched a Karate Kid once a week for oh, really? a year okay. or something like that. Or Rocky. Or, um, but now, yeah. I mean, because there's so many movies out there now. But yeah. when I was a kid, you know, you're limited in whatever your parents had. That's true. Or what was on TV, which wasn't that much. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, Karate Kid, I mean, it just... 
and again, listen to the soundtrack episode. We we definitely touched upon you know Stu's love of it. But what you know, quick you know, quick synopsis. Why? What did this mean to you growing up, and what did it do for you? Yeah, I mean, it's just watching the the average kid, you know, go get this training from this this master. Yeah. Um, and then able to, you know, learn all these lessons at the same time, but then he wins the tournament and all that kind of stuff. So all kinds of stuff going on there. Um, you know, I loved the Miyagi character. Mm -hmm. I thought that was awesome. And then the more I like read about, um, Pat Morita, I was like, well, he was comedian before and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I'd watch all the interviews with the the cast and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, and then... I've told you about that uh, Fumio Debura, the real Miyagi. Right? Yeah, yeah. That really, you know, sets things out. It's like, oh, that's who you model this guy after, and you can totally see it. Yeah. And then you look at the backstory of that mm-hmm. guy. So there's just a lot of layers for me mm-hmm. um, with Karate Kid, just going through, and you can pick out certain things. You're like, oh man, I could totally relate to that. I yeah. Totally relate to that. You know, me doing judo. You know, going through uh, high school and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff. Perfect time. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Totally relate to all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, you could do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You have a better build than, uh, than Ralph yeah. too. So like, but I continue to get my ass kicked all the time. It just wasn't the same. Well, that's it. You know, that's that's the good thing about sports in general is yeah. it. It's always going to humble you. You're right. not going to win all the time. Yes, and yeah. and with judo and you know other sports that are you know uh, it's you and another person yeah. out on the mat and that other person wants to win just as much as you that's do. Right. So it's. You know, it may have the exact same talent as you, if not more. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's different levels of what what helps you win, but yep. yeah, it's it's amazing when you step out there. Yep. You know, there's no blaming like, oh, it was that guy's fault. Exactly. Because he wasn't trying hard enough. It's all no, you. It was you. <laughs> I mean, nobody you blame can try and blame the refs sure. and all that kind of stuff, but you know, it all always comes down. That's to not going to fly. So. Um, yeah, I think, and I've always said this: um, you learn more from losing than you do winning. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what I tell the kids when I'm coaching them I mean because you know you win you win you win how'd you win oh I threw him with this great yeah. but then when they lose it's like okay what happened what What'd did you do? take from yeah. this right and they're like uh, I don't know <laughs> so then the more you like talk them through it they're yeah. like oh, okay so I need to start doing this and this and right so then they really learn something yeah and they improve from there so. exactly and then you don't want to repeat the same mistakes twice right. it's just like regular life yeah you know? exactly yeah exactly. don't keep doing the same thing so I think we kind of talked about it. you watch it a couple times a year or some yeah yeah I think it'd probably be a couple times a year I see it comes on whatever uh, you know sometimes you'll see it on Netflix or Prime yeah. on mm-hmm. or something like that so yeah I'll just start watching it yeah and I don't watch the whole thing all the way through do you ever go back with the sequels or do you just pretty much stick with the original um so yeah I actually watched which one was it the third one is that where they kind of get the Johnny clone and Kreese comes back and yeah not Okinawa it's not Okinawa it's not yeah no, so no. so I like one and two mm-hmm. are probably my favorites right and then the third one with uh yeah John Kreese yeah. uh you know he's the Cobra Kai is getting shut down yep. and he's like giving up and then his rich buddy from Vietnam or yep. whatever it was <laughs> Um, it's like, no way, man, we're going to make this and we're going to get those guys. Yeah. So, so I actually watched most of it. And this was probably a month ago. Yeah, okay. I was like, this is stupid. I, I hate this one. I just kept watching it. Kept watching it. And it's both well, kind of stupid. Mm. An hour and a half later. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. yeah. I, mean. I watched the whole thing. And then the next one that came up was the, uh, the, the next crowd. But I did not watch okay. it. I was like, I have, I've yet to watch that one. You know. Watch it once, just to be completest, and <laughs> yeah. it really has nothing to do, Pat Marita's in it, yeah. it really has nothing to do with the, 
the cycle is just like, okay, well, we need another Karate Kid movie, and Machio probably doesn't want to be involved. You gotta so. suck a little bit more money out of it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I remember seeing the third one in the theater, oh. and my dad just looking at me like, why did you drag me to this? <laughs> like, this is awful. And because my dad liked the original. Yeah. Um, I don't think he liked the second one as much, and then the third one, he was just like, this was, yeah, you, you just wasted my money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, Dad, there's one more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can go by yourself, and you're, you can even take the car. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, did you see the remake? The remake. Yeah, I saw yeah. the remake, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, it's funny because I was, I was looking at a site for all these, uh, you know, top whatever movies, yeah. right? And then they had the Karate Kid on there, and it, you know, was crediting Panarita and Ralph Macchio and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they have a preview. I was like, oh, awesome! I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the old preview. Yeah. But it goes to the new one, right? Ah, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. That's ridiculous. No, I, I feel like it was just literally redone. It was yeah. the exact same plot. Everything's the same. Just with different actors. So the charm of Pat Morita is gone with Jackie Chan? Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. No. I mean, that's... You're not going to get that back. No. That was just kind of magical, I think. Yeah. yeah. You can't just make that kind of stuff. And Jack, and as you said, Pat Morita was a stand-up comedian. Right. I mean, he did comedy. And so there, even though he took the role seriously, you could see there's glints of humor in him. Yeah. 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 Which is great. He pulls off a lot, like, you know, what was it? The line of... Um, what belt are you or something? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> it's a JCPenney. Yeah, Penny. Yeah. Yeah. $3.99 yeah. or something like that, right? It's all, that's great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, little things he does in that that are just great. And just his looks. Right. Like, you just give a look. Like, at the end, like, when he beats Johnny, right. like, it's yeah. just that smile. Oh, it's just yeah. perfect, you know? Yeah, no, he. I don't think anybody. Yeah, I mean, I think Jackie Chan went the other way, right? He was a martial artist yeah. and then kind of tried to do more comedy. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I've heard stuff where... Jackie Chan was coming up at the same time as Bruce Lee, right? Mm. And you just can't hold a candle to Bruce no. Lee, right? He's the legend. Yeah. Um, so he goes, so I decided I had to change what I'm doing. I can't just do that, no. right? So he goes, every time he punched high, I would punch low. Yeah. <laughs> so he just tried to make everything funny. Yeah. Like add um, comedy to everything. Yeah. And he does it fantastic. He's I love very him. popular, yeah. yeah. I don't like him as Mr. Miyagi, so no. no. Yeah, Yeah. and that makes sense. And this happens a lot, where they just want the next generation. But if you're going to do something like that, I I don't know. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Disney does it all the time. They remake their movies. You know, Lindsay Lohan's and all the classic (laughs) Disney movies, and it seemed to work. But, yeah, Yeah. not for Karate Kid. Anyway, as always, thank you so much, Stu. And uh, hopefully it doesn't take 200 more episodes to get you on. (laughs) Or 100 episodes. Yeah. Okay, we're back with Rachel. Welcome back. Thank you. You're an old veteran now because you've done high school, you've done college. We are now at the 100th episode. And there's been such a buildup to try to get you on the podcast. It took trivia originally to get you. Mm-hmm. I, well, because the only way you could get me talking about movies was for me to talk about how much I don't know about movies. Right. So that was a good starting point. But this one, anyone can do because everyone's got to have at least one favorite movie. Yeah, everyone can, but should everyone? Good. That's well. That's an entirely different episode. But we're gonna focus on your one all-time favorite movie, and this has been, I don't know, maybe months in in the making to come up with this one movie. And uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's been a lot of discussion because it was unclear to me uh, when you were pitching this idea. <laughs> Whether or not I was going to be talking about my all-time favorite movie or right. the movie that I could watch over and over again if mm-hmm. I was stuck on a desert, desert island. island. Which I should have never said because that opened it's, up a whole can of worms. It's, it really messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say that the movie I'm going to talk about today is probably is probably my favorite movie, but not a movie that I would watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. Partially because it's not very long. 
So if I was stuck on a desert island with nothing to do but watch this movie, I would have to watch it so many times. Yeah. And and even though it's my favorite movie, <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch it that many times. Okay. Um, just because it's a quick, it's over so soon. I would start it. It would be over. I would have time to watch it mm-hmm. 40 times. You know? Did you have a handful of movies in mind? I did. Okay. And, and all of them felt equally unsatisfying. <laughs> and I just kept coming back to this one over and over again mm-hmm. and was in denial about it for a really long time just because I didn't want to, to be out there saying that this was my favorite movie. Um, <laughs> it, it was scary, but <laughs> I'm, I, it's 2018. I'm living my truth. <laughs> And I'm here to say, <laughs> in front of all tens and tens of listeners, yes. Yeah. Um, but that 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 I because I kept coming back to this one movie, I eventually you know sort of got real with myself and thought, you know what, Rachel, I think this is it. I think this is the movie you're gonna end up talking about. Partially because I realized I have so much to say about it, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a wonderful movie. People love this movie. No, I, it, like I'm nervous about it not because it's controversial, but just because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but you I haven't heard everyone else's picks. Yet, so, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. As soon as I say it, everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's a good one." Yeah. Um, but, I'm very confident. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have amazing taste. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's a. It's a. It's a. Everyone loves this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an Academy Award-winning movie. It's it a, is. It's, it's a groundbreaking Academy Award-winning uh-huh. movie. It's. Um, it took years and years to make this movie. It was it was in production for a long time. Mm-hmm. It took a long time to do the story. They had to redo the whole movie after it was done because mm-hmm. something had to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and I watched it last week just to really make sure that that's what I wanted to come <laughs> in here today and talk about. And it is <laughs> because it was still amazing. Mm-hmm. And that movie is the 2001 computer animated fantasy comedy. Shrek. And so if you listen to the first episode that you were on, mm-hmm. you actually allude to it. You actually mentioned Shrek. And I you do. have a great story about you watching Shrek. You know it better in a certain, in a different language. I don't know about better. Okay. <laughs> but, but you would watch it in Spanish. I would. I would watch it in Spanish because uh, I was bored and <laughs> had watched it in English two times already that day. And that's why this could this could be your Desert Island movie because you could watch it in every language possible. Well, it could have been when I was twelve. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it could still be. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I would just eat a bunch of snacks all day and watch Shrek like three times. <laughs> I was an awesome kid. No, you was... have fun. <laughs> you and Donkey should have been hanging out. So I been... really want Donkey, I... my friend. I feel like he'd make good waffles. There you go. See, okay, so. What was the scene? What needed to be changed? Why didn't they need to redo the film once it ended? Um, Mike Myers originally recorded all of his dialogue without the accent. Really? And then decided to do the accent. Okay. And was like, I think this would be better if he had an accent. Interesting. Yeah. How much did that cost to redo all that? I mean, that's. Well, the quote is $4 million. Jeez. But that's not really how much like it costs out of pocket it was more like or i think what Mm. i was understanding is that they took four million dollars worth of animation out and did it again okay um but mike myers disputed it and he said that it didn't cost the studio millions of dollars but what they meant was that he went instead of him going in to do 10 sessions he just went in for 20 but got paid the same amount got it okay so it was like that much money worth of work but didn't actually I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. So, But it, it took more time, which yeah. time is money, and, and you have to keep pushing back all the, uh, you know, they, the marketing people have all these th- movies set up in yeah. a certain way, so yeah. yeah, it had to cost something. So. Yeah, so he, he 
he asked to re-record all of his lines with a Scottish accent. Well, and that's his go-to. <laughs> you know, if you watch, have you ever seen um, So I Married an Axe Murderer? No. That is like the impetus of Fat Bastard. Like, there is a mm-hmm. character in there with definitely that Scottish uh, accent. In addition, that's one of the few movies where Mike Myers doesn't actually play a, a character that isn't him. You know, like, he, yeah. he pretty much plays plays it straight. Like, mm-hmm. he's not, in, like, in, in an outfit or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> <In> <laughs> or, doing a, or doing a voice. Yeah. So, um, okay, so... Again, like immediately when you saw this, you were just like, I love this movie. Yes. And this is what I love. I yeah. was, 2001, mm-hmm. I was a child yes. when the movie came <laughs> out. Right? So this this movie was marketed towards me. Uh, yeah. Um, and so I saw it in theaters with my brother and my parents and a family friend, an adult family friend. Mm-hmm. And we all came out of the theater like, this was an amazing movie. Yeah. And a big part of why I loved it so much, too, was because the adults in my life, life liked it. Yeah. Um, I was definitely one of those kids. And I think to a certain extent, most kids are, where it's like, if your parents or your beloved adults in your life like mm. something, like you want to It makes like it better. Too. Yeah. So that was definitely a big part of it. But then even when I would go back and rewatch it, mm. I was still just like, oh, no, I really like yeah. this movie, too. Because it was a little bit subversive. Yeah. And I grew up in a very, like, Disney-loving household. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of fun for me to see all of the like princesses and all the Disney characters or or fairy tale characters be sort of uh, different. Yeah, turn the way. turned yeah. upside down. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed that. That was fun. Um, I think that Disney does such a good job at the age ranges. Like pretty much, almost everyone loves a Disney movie. All different eras mm-hmm. of it. So I think that's how you really make blockbusters. Is when anyone at any age can enjoy a film you know and that's what i love about shrek so much is yeah that, you know even when it first came out me and my peers like all the kids we really liked it my parents really liked mm-hmm. it i didn't there were you know it was just universally beloved yeah beloved <laughs> and um it was it won the academy award for best animated picture and i said mm-hmm. groundbreaking earlier because yeah. it was the first movie to have won that category that's right previously if an animated movie was up for any kind of best picture. It was just best picture. Right. So yeah, I, I, and there's a little bit of, there's humor in it for everybody too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's of course like all the silly stuff that the kids laugh at. Like, yeah, you of know, course. Kind of the slapstick or the totally. fart jokes. And yeah. The, you know, all that stuff. It's just like Despicable Me. And the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then there's like more nuanced things. I actually, so mm-hmm. when I watched it last week, I noticed something that I had never noticed before. Uh-huh. And it was something that I only would have noticed as an adult, maybe as a teenager, but I didn't watch this movie as often when I was a teenager and in college and stuff as I did when I was younger. Sure. Just because uh, I didn't have a DVD player. <laughs> um, but it's the scene where uh, you see Lord Farquaad, more on him later. Okay. <laughs> and he's like lying in bed and asking the mirror to show him Princess Fiona over and over again. Okay. And, you know, his mirror, mirror on the wall, show her, show her again. So the mirror looks visibly uncomfortable and shows him the same picture of Fiona wistfully looking out the window. Mm-hmm. And he just gets all, you know, dreamy and, and you know, lost in reverie about, about seeing her. And then he lifts up the blanket on his bed and looks down and makes a face. And then the scene cuts. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> they Lord did it. has a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the new meme. I think that's uh, to be what you tweet too. So I think that you just randomly t- tweet that out. I just discovered that. Yes, I don't know yeah. if I want to tweet. I've tweeted a lot about Shrek in the yeah. last couple of weeks. <laughs> that, that would just break the internet. Yeah, yeah. To sort of, to sort of. Gear up I wonder for that. how Disney's really careful about what they allow, and and that obviously. Yeah, and yeah. it was so quick. Yeah. It was so so quick, and the fact that I didn't. I've seen this movie so many times, and a few times having been a person who would be able to recognize sure. that and i didn't notice it until now 
and it happened so so briefly yeah and i was just like that's amazing i can't believe they did that why his name is lord farquad okay and i don't know there's a lot of claims out there and one of them is that he was named after an animator whose last name was very similar to Farquaad. Mm. But the popular theory is that his name is Farquaad because it was the closest you could get to saying fuckwad. Ah, okay. Uh, which is the theory that I like. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now whenever I like think in my head about Lord Farquaad, I'm like... And especially when with the various accents, like with the little... When the three little pigs have their little like... Their little silly accents. I want to watch this movie now. I like Farquaad. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the other reasons why I like this movie yeah. so much is the nostalgia factor, too, because it came out on DVD right around the time where DVDs were, like, a new thing. Mm, yeah. And so with DVDs came came bonus features. Yeah. And so when I one of the reasons why I watched this movie so much as a kid on DVD was because then I would go back and watch it with commentary. Yeah. I watched the special features, the making of. And it was the first time that I had ever seen the kind of effort that goes into making a movie, yeah. particularly an animated movie. Definitely. And particularly this animated movie. It yeah. took like 10 years to make. And, you know, at the time, I'm I'm barely older than 10 years old myself. Yeah. And I'm like, this movie is, is almost as old as I am. Yeah. And that was crazy to me to, to grapple with. But... There's a certain amount of nostalgia there, too, because then when my family would do movie nights, we'd be like, oh, what do we have on DVD? And so we had Shrek on yeah. DVD. And, and on the DVD menu, when you click play, the three little pigs will go, oh, play the movie. <laughs> and then they, like, run off. And that became a thing in my family that whenever we were going to watch a movie, before we pressed play, someone would say, play the movie, like, the three little pigs. Great job. You oh, should wow. have been nervous. This is a great pick. <laughs> well, Wait. I have a lot of very important things to say about that. Well, obviously. And we discovered things that I would have never imagined. Uh, this this is right up there with Thanksgiving. I, you know, but, <laughs> I, my legacy is hard pass and Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and now Shrek. So yeah, I promise I have good taste in other things. Well, wait till we get to other movies and we'll have you back on. So <laughs> we're just gonna build an episode just around Rachel's <laughs> we'll random just, thoughts. We'll yeah. just play that game of Have you seen this movie? Yeah, and we'll just go down the list. And, and shock everyone And else. we'll do... And we'll have it. Short episodes of Damn Good Movies Memories. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yes or well, yay or nay. Yeah. People can, can, can suggest movies yeah. for me to watch. Well, that and, actually... Yeah. Yeah, and all of my free time, which yeah. is none. <laughs> none, yeah. I can watch them and take notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm glad we got you for the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have been here. Good. And now you got to tell all your friends because you've been on I Yeah, podcast. I can do that. I can be like, I'm, 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 I'm podcast famous. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Okay, we're back. We have one of our old-time guests, Stephanie, who's back. Hello, hello. And Tracy, who was on the very first episode talking about her first movie experience where I think someone threw up in the theater in the first oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Bye. So go back and listen to the first episode. So we're now at episode 100, which is amazing. Wow. And we're going to talk about everyone's one favorite movie, which is very difficult, but I didn't want this to be a 30-hour episode. So we're going to start with Steph. She thinks she has her all-time favorite. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is really hard. I mean, I know we've got to pick one, so obviously there's there's ten, but I think if I have to pick one, it's The Wizard of Oz. And, you know, because of my age and where I am in my life, I never saw it on the big screen. Right. I saw it much later. I saw it on the television, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every year. And I remember my grandfather got one of the first VCRs. And so he recorded it on VHS. Yeah. And so, you know, whenever we would go to my grandparents' house, I would put that into the VCR and I would watch it. I think I've watched it at least... 200 times mm -hmm. in my life. 
Um, and yeah, I think that movie, there's, there's a spiritual sort of grounding to that movie, you know, for those of you that know me, I'm pretty spiritual, mm -hmm. fairly woo-woo. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved, I love every frame of that film. I love um, how she has the power all along. I'm very Oprah Winfrey, you know, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey uh, talks about this too. This is one of the reasons I love Oprah so much. She and I love The Wizard of Oz for the same reasons. <laughs> so have you, you've never actually seen it in like an old time theater, like a re-release or something like that? So when I was a grown up, yeah. we went and we saw it in, on the big screen and it's a completely different experience. And then also they did some, um, they did some editing like mm. 10 years ago, okay. I think, where they added a few scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so jarring to me because just these small scenes where, you know, the wizard when he's, you know, the, the, the what are you, the fortune teller? Yes. You know, and the, her, the tornado's starting and he goes, poor girl, I hope she gets home okay. <laughs> you know, uh, like that wasn't there before. Oh. There were all these like little elements that they added in. It's like a, when Lucas did Star Wars, yes. he re-edited the Star Wars. You can still see those scenes and they're so jarring. Mm -hmm. they, they don't belong there. They it's don't. like this symphony in your head. But I remember the, the most powerful thing about The Wizard of Oz is I was always afraid to sleep at night. I was afraid of the dark. Really? And my parents insisted that I sleep in my own bed. Mm. And so instead of counting sheep, what I would do in my head is I would, I would follow the plot of Wizard of Oz from beginning to end. That's awesome. You know? I can do the whole thing still in my head, you know, to this day. I have almost every single phrase from the film mm -hmm. uh, memorized. So you can still watch it. How often do you still watch it? A couple times a year? Oh, at least. Yeah. Okay. Always around the holidays. I don't yeah. know why, but I guess because that's when we watched it when it we were kids. It was a Thanksgiving kids. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It always was a holiday thing. So it comes along on the holidays. But what's amazing is you talk about a full circle moment. Both my kids are, you know, in musical theater, theater arts, and this this winter musical is The Wizard of Oz. Oh, awesome. So the house is filled right now with Somewhere Over the Rainbow, mm -hmm. and If I Only Had a Brain, and mm -hmm. my 12-year-old is going to audition for The Lion. Oh, nice. Now, now my 12-year-old is in, like, the 40th percentile for height. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, she's, she's a tiny 12-year-old. Mm -hmm. So she's going to go against casting. She's going to hope the casting director can see, like the amusement and awesomeness of having a small lion mm -hmm. that's ferocious as opposed to having the giant lion that's I'll, ferocious. I'll give you a real-life example um, of where height doesn't matter. Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher. In the novels, Jack Reacher is 6'6", weighs about 280. Oh. Tom Cruise is not that. And so, it worked. Yeah, it and totally it totally worked. worked. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pulling for yeah. for your daughter to, to win out as a lion. My mom played uh, the Wicked Witch in high school. So yeah, that's, Oh, that's so yeah. cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Tracy, you have your blueprint of what <laughs> Stephanie had. Oh, that's got to fall. So what are you going to go with? Oh my gosh. So I got shamed last time when I said central intelligence. I mean, obviously, it's not like one of people's all-time favorite. But I'll go back to um, Amelie because mm -hmm. that was one of my favorites when I was, I guess, a young girl. Yes. <laughs> Even though I don't remember much about it now. I haven't watched it that often, mm -hmm. um, many times. I've probably watched it a few times at the beginning and then it's been years since. But I do recall the um, the little gnome that traveled the world, and there was something very sweet about um, the uh, this, this, this innocence about it. And Emily um, herself is just such a gorgeous woman. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there's something. It's just the whole French movie. Everything's so whimsical and and sweet, and life is so magical. And there's just something that you know pulls to you, or like you know, young. 
teenager self that goes, oh, I want to be like that. Yeah. And I think I did travel with a little tiny toy and I took pictures of it <laughs> everywhere. So you saw it in the theater? Um, no, I did not. Oh. I, did, I got it out on DVD, I believe. Okay. So you, and somebody told you about this or did you... Were you just browsing or what? Yeah. I think the the cover of the the yeah, she's um, got like a cute look. Yeah, it's got her face profile, on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll try it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then that became. And it was just so sweet. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Really. Well, I don't know if it really holds up with Central Intelligence, but I think it's a it's an amazing <laughs> pick. So yeah. Well, I really <laughs> do like Central Intelligence. Well, then we kept going back and forth with this, so this has been like a three week process, and then you you ping me my cousin Vinny. Oh, I thought that was yours. Right. And I thought, well, no, that's a good pick for you. But you're like, no, 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 that's not mine. Mine is Airplane. And, oh, with yes. the twisted airplane on uh-huh. the cover. <laughs> and there was someone else. I'm not going to give it away because of the sequencing of it. But there's someone else I interviewed that's her favorite movie, too. And I'll tell you guys off air. If the listening audience will have to keep listening to this. But, <laughs> yes. but that's great. So Amelie, Wizard of Oz. We've had no repeats so far. All right. Since it's the 100th episode, this is like very special guest. This is someone I've known since high school. This is one of my high school buddies. We've known each other, God, over 25 years. At Easily. Least. Easily. We played Little League together. Uh, we've been through a lot, and he's finally on the podcast for the 100th episode. It's my buddy Spencer. How's it going? What's up? How you doing? So you remember back in the day when I was in doing college radio, you'd call up. I'd call up and like say, I want hard rock. Yeah, yeah. you want hard rock, and you would vote for what I was doing. and uh, drive your partner crazy. She, it's hysterical. But she loved it, and you would mm-hmm. say that, you know, stop playing Jody Watley, and she would say, I don't play Jody Watley. <laughs> so I guess you do, liar. <laughs> so there were good times. It was good times. So, but I finally get you on the podcast. For the one question, which is, what is your all-time favorite movie? You only pick one. My all-time favorite movie that I never get sick of, like, even if I see it on TV, I'll watch it, that is Return of the Jedi. Really? It is, yeah. It's, I, love, I love Star Wars in general. Okay. I love, you know, I don't dress up or anything like that. I'm not the cosplay kind, <laughs> but I do lo- love watching the movies. Uh-huh. Um, that's the last movie I saw in the theater was their current, you know, The Last Jedi, but okay. Return of the Jedi, just something about it. I now, mean, did you see that in the theater when it first came out? Yes. Okay. Back in 84. Yeah. Yes, I did see it. That was my, like, first, first Star Wars movie. Star Wars movie I saw in the theater. Yep. You know, my mom got me a lightsaber and <laughs> got me the shirt that said Return of the Jedi on it. Um, you still have it? It'd probably worth something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. She might have put that in the Goodwill. Okay. Then. <laughs> darn but, Goodwill, yeah. That darn Goodwill. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was Return of the Jedi. Just something about it. Just this, oh, the, the effects. I think the good, the good versus bad. Yeah. The underdog versus, you know, the whole story. And you like overcoming the, the odds. Now, do you like the Ewoks? Oh, all right. Because a lot of the Star Wars purists didn't like... They thought it was too kidsy. You know, kids, like, yeah. uh, I, you have well, you know, to bring the kids in, you got, you, they had to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have a problem with them personally. And you were a kid at the time, and I was, yeah, and I was six when yeah. it came out. <laughs> well, so, you, you yeah, what was not to like about the Ewoks? What's the problem? So, you like that more than A New Hope or Star Wars, and you like it more than than Empire Strikes Back. Interesting, because most people pick Empire Strikes Back. Uh it was all right. Okay, it was but, all right. But, but Return of the Jedi was my all time. That's your all time. I will favorite. still watch that if it's on. From start to finish. That's it. I think you're the only one that's picking this. This is why I had you on. Yeah. So, So, great pick. Well, don't be a stranger. You can be on at any time. This is great. Absolutely. Thanks, Spence. No problem. Okay, we're back and we have a a first time guest because we get all, everyone comes out for the 100th episode. You know, the other 99, eh, who cares? But for this one, we get Emily, who I work with, and and this is awesome. And so she was actually a broadcasting major as well at San Francisco State. And uh, this is going to be great. And so she's here to talk about her favorite movie 
of all time. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So what is it? We're all waiting for bit in beta breath. So what is what is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Rosemary's Baby. When is the what was the first time you saw Rosemary's Baby? I think I was about seventeen. Okay. Um, went to this janky little video mm-hmm. rental store mm-hmm. for the first time because those existed at the time. Yeah. And, uh, I missed those. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was my friends wanted to have a horror movie festival, and that was what the guy behind the counter said, and I'm like, okay. Uh, but when the time came, my friends all kind of got freaked out too early. Oh, really? So I'm like, all right. And I went home and watched it by myself in our living room and just completely fell in love. So yeah. What really gets me about it is that the actual horror elements are all incidental. Yes. Um, that's the thing. It's really just gaslighting the movie, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. oh man, I, again, I was expecting like, it's going to come out of the TV, ah, but, uh, no, it's very, very subtle. Yeah. And, uh, it... I think it it's perpetually in my top ten list of movies for me personally. I mm-hmm. think it belongs in the, very high in the horror canon overall. Yeah. yeah. So um, okay. So we Lindley and I have talked about this. We somehow sometimes sometimes have problems with Polanski and yeah, yeah. Woody Allen just because yeah. they're personal lives. That being said, I can still watch Chinatown and, and basically disassociate from his personal life with his you know professional life. Same thing with Woody Allen. Can you do that with Rosemary's Baby? Oh, I admit I haven't looked uh, far enough into Roman Polanski. Yeah. Like probably because I like it too much. Right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not looked as deep as I might. Um, full disclosure. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I won't get into it. People that want to look up Roman Polanski, check him out. And uh, he's no longer he can no longer live in this country because of certain charges. So. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. That being said, I mean, Rosemary, I mean, I Mia mean, Farrow is <laughs> tremendous in this movie. And what I, actually, the, because, um, I mean, admittedly, I fell for the plot. Sure. So I went digging for the novel first. Yes. And that's where I deep dove instead. Okay. Uh, because I think that's really more of the back burner thing. And it's Ira Levin, uh, who also wrote The Stepford Wives. Nice. Which is pretty much the same story. Yeah. Uh, so that was really interesting. Um, that was a phenomenon yeah. like, when it came out as a TV movie. Yeah. 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 Gosh. Um, I haven't seen that one, but the book is great. Yeah. Uh, so do you prefer the book or the movie for, for Rosemary's? It is almost one to one. Which is interesting because um, it's yeah. tough. The, uh, there is one little piece of dialogue that I leave it at the end, and I wish they put it in. It was great. But mm-hmm. that's, uh, so what, what is it? Um, so the very, very end... Um, the uh, leader of the coven, the older man, is, uh, they're having a conversation about, like, okay, Rosemary, please take care of your child, because he's here. Yeah. Yeah, you ought to. And uh, she finally says, what's his name? And the leader of the coven says, oh, Adrian from my father. And she puts her foot down. She says, no, this is my child. His name is Andrew. And everyone's like, okay, hail Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, give her something, at least. The ending is so interesting because you yeah. expect like this grandiose, like something's going to happen. It just kind of ends eerily. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of is, it's ominous. And uh, yeah. Because oh, the larger dialogue there is yeah. not just how it ends. That's There's um, another one of my pet topics. Is, sure. I, I feel like you... Uh, most horror, most horror that stays with you is about a different stage of a woman's life. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one, again, it's a terrifying story even without the involvement of the coven. Yeah. Uh, like, that's it just happens to be there. That's what puts people in the seats. Yeah. But um, you don't even need that in there. And if you think about it, if this woman had this baby and nothing had, nothing malicious had happened, nothing sure. supernatural, that's how it would end also. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's, in, it's almost got a Hitchcock feel to it. It's yeah. not what you see, it's what you think you're going to see. Yes. And I think that's what's terrifying about this movie, because your mind is racing about what's going to happen, and it's very sus- suspenseful, and 
um, I think that's why the movie holds up well today. Yeah. Like, it's not just cheap schlock horror, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so you could watch it. How often do you, do you watch it? A couple times a year? or how? Probably about every six months. Okay. Um, I've been... Uh, <laughs> I'm working on a website. It's not going to be ready by the time this comes out, but it's. Okay. Uh, I'm tracing movies that pass the Bechdel test versus how violent they treat women. How okay. Violent. So just this kind of index of objectification. Sure. Um, and I name drop it, but it's not going to be ready. Um, okay. So <laughs> no, when you when you <laughs> you'll come back on, you can promote it. There so that's, go. that's good. I finally got really gearing on that, and I realized that I never put it in. So mm-hmm. I just watched it again a few months ago, and just blew my mind. It does pass the Bechdel test, by the okay. way. Okay. Um, pretty early on. Yeah, and I'd say approximately every six months you just get the itch. Yeah, right? to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, that's what this episode's all about. Like, yeah. you never get sick of it. You have to watch it. It's fresh every time mm-hmm. you watch it, and that's what's cool. Um, speaking of Mia Farrow, of course, her haircut is, <laughs> is I mean, it changed the style uh-huh. of, of way women were cutting their hair. I mean, many adapted their hairstyles after Mia Farrow after this movie. Yeah, which is, which is pretty cool. And, uh, again, I'm going to it's John Cassavetes, is he the? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's that's her husband in that, and he's mm-hmm. he's equally as good in this film. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, he is subtly disgusting. Yes. And it's great. Yeah. Yes. No. Everyone. Everyone that's that they really cast it well. Oh yeah. It's it. um. I don't know if I should make it through here, but uh, the older um the cast of it's do not look unlike my in-laws. Oh really? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Well, maybe we won't tell them that you're that you're on this episode. So right, just <laughs> leave it on out. It's it's extremely relatable. Everything that you're afraid of could happen to you. Sure. Um, how horrible it must have been to be a woman in that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank goodness we had male directors to tell us about it. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, just the whole constant feeling like you're trapped under glass. Yeah. Like it really. I suppose the only way to get that across is in a movie. Sure. Um, the novel does a pretty good job, but in the novel, she has been to college. Okay. Uh, and she, I, I'm not sure if that ever comes up in the movie, but. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. Yeah. Kind of vague, but it, essentially to get a Mrs. degree. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. she knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much, I'm glad I watched it when I did, mm-hmm. because, uh, man, uh, it, it just really teaches you as a young woman that things are not always what they seem. And sure. that's a very relatable thing. Again, I was about 17 when mm-hmm. I first saw it, and um, the whole concept of, like, not everybody older knows what they are doing or is looking out for you. That's right. That's very frightening, and in a lot of ways, it's the same thing. She's a young married. Uh, yeah. She wants to conceive. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's just putting up with it. Yeah. It, it really has helped me define how I let other people treat me. Sure. And I think that's uh, the most powerful part of it. And you go in with your eyes open yeah. in any situation. Yeah. Yeah, and she uh, is a very well-defined heroine, I think. Yeah. Um, like cracking jokes. Sure. And, like maybe if we don't we don't know her educational background, but we know enough about her personality to really fall for her. Have they ever tried to remake this? Because usually that fails oh, miserably. So the oh, I'm so mad about this. Okay. <laughs> the Zoe Saldana one. Oh, they did. did oh, you, oh no, I gosh. have not. Okay. Usually when something's a classic, I avoid the remakes. And yeah, so. this is, I, I thought, and I thought badly, but um, <laughs> the, it's a two-part TV thing. Okay. Um, I think it's, I think it's still about two hours all told. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of the first half, she has not had the sex. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it takes place in Paris, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of shopping porn, and uh <laughs> Uh, the cast of it's cursing other people. Interesting. So that kind of pulls, it just drops their credibility huh. immediately. And uh, yeah, I mean, they gave her a career. Like, she's a dancer and stuff. Sure. So I guess that's nice. <laughs> that's nice, yeah. But uh, yeah, I got through the first half and I'm like, why did you do this? Yeah. And 
yeah. shouldn't have gone there. I bailed. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been excellent. Thank you for your debut, and I hope you're on more about this, and you come on, and you can promote your, your website when it's created, and I think that'll be awesome. Right. So thank you so much, Emily. Of course. Okay, we're back, and we have a first-time guest, and it is Fatima, and I work with her, and so I, I was looking for volunteers for the very special 100th episode, and you were kind enough to volunteer, and uh, I'm happy you're on the podcast, so welcome to the podcast. Hi. Okay, so you picked... A new movie, yes. and this is going to be all-time favorite movie, and, and just before we got into it, before we started discussing all this, uh, you tell me you don't re-watch movies ever, so why is that? So, if I do, mm -hmm. if that were to happen, it would be because like it's been 10 or 12 years and mm -hmm. I forgot what happened. Okay. So, like, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and I, like, don't remember, so then I would rewatch it. Okay. Um, that's the only time I really rewatch it. Okay. Even though I love certain movies, it's just, it gets kind of boring to Really? Me. Yeah. So I like watching new things instead of, like, rewatching. Got it. Okay. So that's interesting, because usually, uh, at least here, these are the movies that people wanted to rewatch over and over again. That's why they're the favorites. So we have a different perspective here, folks. This is good. Okay, so what is the movie that you're picking as your so favorite movie? So I picked movie? Black Panther. Okay. Because... I watched it in theaters, and then like two or three days later, I watched it again in theaters. So there is a good criteria. There yes. we go. All right. And that's how I was like, okay, if it's like the one movie I've rewatched, and it was within like a couple days. It right. wasn't even like a couple months, a years for me to forget anything. Yeah. I was fresh in my mind, <laughs> and I wasn't bored. Yeah. Rewatching it, I was like totally like I was into it. I loved all the scenes. Yeah. I was like so excited, even though I like. I knew it was coming. It wasn't boring at all. It wasn't all. boring at all. And yeah. it's it's not a short movie. I mean, it's probably it's two and a half hours yeah. about. Yeah. So that that also factors in. So you weren't bored for a two and a half hour movie. Now, have you seen all of the Marvel movies? Almost. Okay. Almost all. Yeah. So obviously, of all the Marvel movies, this one sticks out the best for you. Yeah. Okay. So what about Black Panther is better than the other Marvel movies for you? Um, I think it was refreshing, like everyone mentioned, to have like a f almost all black cast mm -hmm. yep. uh, instead of having like the sidekick be sure. like black. And then mm -hmm. um, I also like after watching it, I read a lot of like different articles about how um, generally what will happen is they'll have all the lighting and makeup and everything set up for the lead mm -hmm. who's usually white mm -hmm. and then the black person gets washed out Interesting. or gets like some sort of like they don't get the primary, you know, treatment. So then their color gets washed out or something mm -hmm. gets like, they just don't look right. Got it. But in this movie, since everyone, almost everyone was black, it yeah. was like catered towards them. It was mm -hmm. beautiful, all the colors, everything. Yeah. Um, so I really liked that. It was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, it was really refreshing just to see like that and also the culture and everything. Mm -hmm. um, even like down to the accent. Yeah. I even like looked that up and I think <laughs> it was a cozy accent that okay. they use. And I love that too. There's like hearing them speak in mm -hmm. that accent and then like hearing them like in interviews like yeah. where Chadwick Boseman is talking in like his regular I'm like whoa oh yeah no go back to Black Panther <laughs> well he, he is a great actor because I don't know did you ever see 42 which is no the, okay so, no. We, so that's a story about Jackie Robinson who was the first black baseball player uh okay. to professionally play and he also played James Brown the soul singer uh, he played Thurgood Marshall, who was one of the Supreme Court justices so he's yeah. like one of the you know like historic like he plays usually uh past uh, people like historic people, so it was kind of interesting to finally he got a starring role in a non um, historic role, so that yeah. that was good. But and also Michael B. Jordan plays the main villain; yeah. he's great in that. Um, have you seen Creed? No, that okay. after I watched this you movie, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch Creed. And then I think there was another movie by the same director mm -hmm. that was also really good. Yeah, right. Is it Ryan um, Coogler? 
Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the one based in Oakland. There was another movie. I forget the name now. Oh, I think you're right. Yes, it's based on, I think, the Bart shooting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting the name now. But after yeah. that, I was like, okay, these are on my list. Uh-huh. Like, I got to watch them. Well, the great part about Black Panther 2 is it, it takes place in Africa. So, And you don't see many movies, let alone new movies, taking place in Africa. So it was nice to have like the Marvel superhero. And like a, yeah. like a rich Africa. Exactly. Like the hidden, like yes. everything. Not just like desert and exactly and, and a good chunk of the movie is there i mean part of it takes place in oakland or what they say is oakland yeah. i don't know if it's really oakland yeah. but uh yeah it was really it was interesting so as a bay area native that's kind of fun yeah. to, to have the oakland angle of that okay so if black panther 2 comes out are, are you gonna see anything with black panther in it now so Probably. okay <laughs> so yeah i think he's in the new avengers movie. i still haven't seen the new avengers movie so infinity I, war yeah I no i see because I haven't watched all the movies, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I gotta make sure I watch all of them before yeah. I watch Infinity War. Okay. So I'm like, I think I'm, I think I have two left, just to like, mm-hmm. I rewatched them, but okay, not I rewatched. I didn't know I rewatched it right. until I was like halfway <laughs> through the movie, and I was like, oh, I've watched it because you know I don't watch. Of I don't course, yeah. So we, we can't cheat here. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Confirm. No, this is awesome. So thank you for picking this, and if you ever want to be on the podcast again, just let me know. Sure. All right. Thank you. Okay, we're back, and we have two special guests. Terry, who hasn't been on in a long time, oh, but she's got to be on for the 100th episode. So she <gasps> graciously, this is, that's right, this is the 100th episode. 100th episode. This will be the 100th episode. So exciting. I know. And so to double the fun, mm. I nabbed Christina, who just, just happened to be hanging around actually doing work, but you know, who, who wants to do work on a Friday? Yeah, who does? Yeah. So, Welcome, Christina. Yeah. Thank so you. Debut podcasting episode for Christina. So this is very exciting. Wow. Yay. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> you just feel it bursting out out of I the speakers. Totally feel it. Okay, we're going to start with Terry. And so the theme for the 100th episode, and it's difficult because you have to pick one movie. The movie that you never get sick of. It doesn't matter what it is. You just, you absolutely adore it and you watch it. Maybe you watch it once a year, maybe you watch it twice a year, maybe you watch it every month. I don't know. Mm. What is the one you're going to pick? Mine is Grease 2. So not Grease, not Grease, but Grease 2. Grease 2. I can watch this over and over and over again. It's a movie from the 80s. Uh-huh. So if they digitize it, if they like refreshed it, mm-hmm. I will watch it over and over. Uh-huh. Okay, so did you see okay, which one did you see first? Grease or Grease 2? I actually saw Grease 2 first. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why I like Grease 2 more than uh-huh. Grease. And uh, the reason I could watch it over and over again, because I, I first watched it when I didn't know much English. Oh, okay. And so, you know, and I they had some, you know, they had a song about female reproduction That's right. and all that stuff. <laughs> and I didn't know what they were talking no. about. I was very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, so each time I watch it, I learn something new mm-hmm. or like, oh, I didn't know this before. Yeah. Now I finally get it. What a great way to learn English, right? I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I still have that song stuck to my yeah. head. Yes. Yeah, and I also really like Michelle Fiverr in that movie. Right, one of her early films might have been, I don't think it was her film debut, but it was close. Like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and then I can't remember the, the guy's name, but mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Grease 2. Grease 2. Nobody's going to pick that. I like that. Great job, Terry. Okay, Thanks. so now it's Christina's turn. She's going to lean in so she can talk into the mic. Okay, I'm dying to know, what is your all-time favorite movie? American Beauty. Um, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so do, did you see it in the theaters when I first I saw time? it in the theater with my mom, which was a little awkward. Okay, yeah, because there's some very kind of racy scenes in it, yeah. especially between um, Kevin Spacey and, uh, God, I forgot her name. She was in American Pie. What is the blonde's name? We call her the blonde lady. The blonde lady. Thank you. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> On damn good movie memories, we forget the name of it. But yeah, she's in American Pie. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so what about this? Why does this? What does this make? You know, why is it your favorite? Just because it's really weird and dark. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this one character I forgot his name, mm-hmm. but he is really attached to his camera. And yeah, he just, like kind of likes to um, film people like from his window. Yeah, and I don't like to do that myself. You're good. I'm glad. But I you're just... you're not, you're a good photographer though. So oh, that's, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the way he thinks and how deep he is. Yeah. Just like really mysterious mm-hmm. and um, the characters are just all very unique. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember. So he likes, is it Thora Birch? Is that the girl in it? The, he, the, the brunette? He likes the brunette. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a dark movie. And, and knowing Kevin Spacey, what he's, <laughs> they found out about him now, it kind of fits his, yeah, his whole persona and everything. But yeah, yeah this is fun. This is interesting because I remember I saw it in the theater. Really enjoyed it, but I haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you picked. So how often do you go back and revisit it? I haven't in a while. Okay. I think the last time I saw it was about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It still holds up well for you. It does. I bought the screenplay. Oh, really? On Amazon because I just really liked the writing. Uh-huh. Um, at that time, I was studying to be a director. Mm. And I wanted to be a screenwriter, too. So just like everything that was said in the movie yeah. just really reached me. So And I believe it yeah. did it win an Academy Award for Best Best Picture? Yeah, I think I wanna so. say, yeah. 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 And I think Kevin Spacey might have won for Best Actor. So. Yeah, he's anyway, great. Yeah, exactly. So so far, everyone's picked something different. You guys kept the streak going, so I'm I'm happy you're on the podcast. You're welcome anytime. Oh, thank uh, you. Maybe for the 200th episode, you'll be on for that one. So okay, we'll do your second favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds thank you. Good. Thank you, Terry and Christina. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Okay, we get a roundtable for this, so everyone comes out for the hundredth episode. More like I just kind of make them come on the podcast. So that's what's happening on this one. But we have four people. We have Diane. We have Catherine. We have A, and we have. Patricia, but we're going to start with Diane first, and it was difficult because, as we're going to find out from Catherine, she can't pick just one movie, but I'm making her only pick one movie. So Diane, let's start it off. You're the veteran. What is your all-time favorite movie? My all-time favorite movie uh, would probably be uh, Star Trek First Contact. Okay, and what year did this come out? 1996. Okay, see, this is a damn good movie memory. That's why That's why you're on. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what about this one makes it better than Rathacon, better than, you know, all the, the previous ones? Um, greatest movie villain, mm-hmm. uh, the Borg Queen. She was awesomely scary. Uh-huh. I mean, you, just, you look at her, her, her face is all white, her skin's all white, it's sort of slimy looking. Mm-hmm. She's got like things crawling off her head. and Now we yeah, don't even have just... to watch it. That's yeah. Just, <laughs> that's, this is great. Yeah. Catherine, you have to pick one. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, I'm going to go with In the Mood for Love okay. by Wong Kar Wai. Okay. I have no idea what year it came out. Okay. Um, and I haven't seen this. So this is the first movie I haven't seen that someone's picked. So okay. this is good. So explain, yeah. so for someone who hasn't seen it, quick synopsis. It's hard to do a synopsis without sort of spoiling it. It's two okay. people end up renting a room next to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, a story develops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But we, yeah. It was actually filmed that way where I think there was a rough idea of the kind of mood they okay. wanted, but mm-hmm. not an actual um, dialogue or storyline. And then... The story kind of came together. Got it. Um, so what about this makes it your all-time favorite? Uh, I recommend it to everyone who has not seen it before. Okay. And uh, I think Miguel put it best 
this movie made me feel things. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I could persist on this, but I might just leave it there. So what? what I'll ask. What did it make you feel? Shot. Okay. So um, the scenery and the yeah, yeah. it's uh, kind of slow paced, so you really stew in the moment. Sure. There's a handful of camera moves that I think are just like just perfect yeah. to capture the mood right. for the moment. Um, and the way shots are framed. The actors are beautiful. The music is, like, it is just uh, an all-around experience. Mm -hmm. So for you, it's like a perfect film. Uh, pretty damn not, close. Okay, pretty good, damn close. good. That's it. I think that's the <laughs> yeah. best we're going to get out of Catherine yeah, yeah. on this. So, I, I, so did you do this in the theaters when it first came out? No, I did not. Okay. But you revisit it often? Yeah. Okay. See, that wasn't so hard. Yeah. Good job. Great job. Okay, let's go to A. What is your all-time favorite movie? I'm going to have to go with uh, Dr. Strangelove. Okay, so this is a more traditional pick. This is yeah. a good one. No one has picked it yet. Uh, what about, I mean, obviously Peter Sellers is a genius, but what about it makes it your favorite? Yeah, so I, I've learned about it relatively recently, mm -hmm. okay. in the past year or two, uh, when I took a history class on American film mm -hmm. and how that kind of evolved into, you know, the blockbuster era we are in today. Yeah. And Dr. Strangelove was the film that we used to kind of analyze Cold War era sentiments and yes. like how controversial it was to have a film like that yeah. when the threat of uh, you know, nuclear annihilation yep. was you know, in the forefront of the American public. Yeah. And like watching it now and just seeing all this, um, I think why I like it is like how I can see it's it can be controversial. Yeah. Like, we might not understand it today mm -hmm. as much, but, you know, making those connections are really cool. Yeah, especially in the 60s, you mm -hmm. know, the height of the Cold War, you had also the, you know, the Bay of Pigs, the Cuba problem. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on right. <laughs> around there, a lot of turmoil. Yeah. Uh, so now, especially with the whole <laughs> Russia and the news and everything, you can almost go back to it. And right. maybe it resonates better now than it did, say, 10 years ago. Right, so, like, you might have someone in school who might have had, like, you know, um... A nuclear war drill, which is pretty much get on your desk. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll save you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then afterwards, go watch the new movie that ends with the world ending. Right, exactly. So. Yeah. But no, it's a great movie. I, if you're a film buff, it's got to be in your top yeah. you know, 100 yeah. list of, of films to see. And it's in most of those you know, top films, it's on there. So great pick. All right, Patricia, do you know now what you're going to oh, pick? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I went through about five different options in this conversation alone. The is one it? that keeps floating to the forefront of my mind for me is going to be a recent one okay. that came out, which is Arrival. Uh, and one of the main reasons for that is I'm a linguist. Uh -huh. It's the first movie I've ever seen in my sort of that came out in my generation that okay. depicts linguistics at all yeah <laughs> and furthermore depicts it in a way that i would find accurate and fair mm -hmm. so i like that when i watched it in the theaters i was just kind of blown away the whole time i never predicted the end of the story mm -hmm. which i love a lot of the times i watch a movie and i'm just like halfway through you know what's gonna happen that's what's gonna happen yeah um it's not a book adaptation that went wrong Good. This is a huge deal. <laughs> so, did you read the book first, or did you go I back? I haven't read the book, so okay. I don't know. Okay. It might be horribly wrong, actually. So, do you want to go back and read the book? I'm not sure. I ruined <laughs> it for me. I love a lot of, you know, childhood classics like Harry Potter sure. and stuff like that. Yep. But they anger me because they're not exactly like the like book. book. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you, you're you love the movie so much, you may not go. Yeah, I, I liked, you know, I picked that one adaptation. I liked it. I don't want to go read the book and find out that actually <laughs> it was totally different. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. no. In so, that original context. Mm -hmm. 
All right, guys. Well, this was easy. See, this was completely easy. I think it's their strength in numbers. I think that's yeah. what we're going to have to do from now on. But again, thank you all four for being on. And if you ever want to be on again, we can do this. Or maybe we'll do it for the 200th episode. We'll do your second favorite movie for Catherine. All right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you for hosting. Okay, we're back. And we have a new guest to the podcast. That's Amy. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Okay, so the for the hundredth episode, we were asking people, mostly people I haven't been on yet, to add, to talk about their all time favorite movie, which is very hard to do to narrow it down to one. But I did that on purpose, otherwise this would be a ten hour episode. Yeah. So what I want to know is what is your all time favorite movie and why? And you sent me your pick, and I, and I had to look it up because I'd never heard <laughs> of it. So this is great. So I want you to talk about it and why is this particular movie your favorite movie? Yeah, so my favorite movie is The End of Evangelion, Mm -hmm. and it might be a bit more obscure to American audiences, but it basically gave Japan like a cultural hangover for like 20 years after Mm -hmm. it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, The movie, well not the movie and the show had such an impact actually that they recently unveiled like a new high-speed train design based off one of the things in the movie. Really? Okay. And so when you see like even the government, you know, invest that level of infrastructure to make a ref- cultural reference from two decades ago. There's yeah. probably something there. Yeah. Or at least I hope, because I've spent a lot of time. In Japan. Uh, not in Japan, okay. but looking for meaning in this film. Got so. it. So what is, okay, so since this is, I, I'm assuming you were born in the U.S. Yes. So how did you discover this film and, and what resonated with you? So actually, I, I found this film because I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And one day, my friend comes up, who is the dungeon master currently, mm-hmm. and he's like, "All right, you got to learn this new system." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know, because I have a stack of books, almost as tall as I am on sure. D and D. He's like, "It just trust me." And then learn this adaptation mm-hmm. for this new system okay. that modifies it. I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, "Which makes sense after you watch this anime." And I was like, "I hadn't really watched <laughs> anime at that point." Yeah. I was like, okay. And, and so how old were you at the time? When you were I was probably like 20. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, maybe younger. Mm-hmm. It all blurs together. So when did this movie come out? I think it came out in like 1995 or Okay. Age? So it's over 20 years old now. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Or at least the show did or something. And okay. And it came right after. So. so it started as an anime program and then became a feature film. Or yeah. this is the film based on the, the program. Yeah. Okay. And so I ended up watching the whole series and then the movie, mm-hmm. and I was totally blown away because I'd never seen anything like it before. Okay. And I still today have yet to see people do the things that the movie or the show did. Right. Um, or they're more rare than what you see in a lot of a lot of movies that come out. So which one do you prefer more, the show or the movie? So this is actually a topic of huge debate <laughs> okay. because the show is supposed to replace, in a way, the last two episodes of, of the series. Okay. And those are sort of infamous because... The last two episodes of the series happen entirely inside the character's head. Okay. Not as in like a dream sequence, but in like a psychoanalytical kind of, oh my God, is it worth being alive kind of thing. Right. And a lot of fans got pretty mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought it was really good. Okay. So in some ways, people suspect this film is like what's happening outside the character's head, but it's also a subtle nod from the director as almost like a hate hate mail back oh. to the fans saying really? like, you didn't like my original ending, so here's something that totally subverts it, but only if you've paid enough attention. And I actually right. like both. Okay. I think both are fantastic, but like, I think that's kind of funny too, because it can definitely be read as like a, a middle finger to the fans, because the fans sent the director um, death threats after the last wow. two episodes. They said, how could you end it like this? Yeah. Um, so very passionate about this yeah, yeah, series yeah. and film. Interesting. Okay, so how often do you go back and, and rewatch this? So I probably watched the series and the movie... Five or six times now. Okay. And 
it always and the, I love the movie because not only is it you know a part of a, a piece of media that has deeply affected me over my yeah. life, but mm-hmm. also because it's got great um, action and mm-hmm. animation. It does stuff in filmmaking that is very you know avant garde, I suppose you yeah. could say. Like uh, it takes out of the animation and starts showing like overlapped real life images and stuff. And it's just rare you see directors take such really wild leaps. Yeah. It's also rare to watch with both the series and the movie. Um, people ask, like, what's it about? Right. And you're like, well, first you have to watch the whole series, and you'll watch the movie, and you still won't understand. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's actually kind of cool because it means something to different people. Like, the, yeah. And that's, I always like open-ended, ambiguous type things because it can mean anything to you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so it's very um, hotly debated on mm-hmm. the internet what it means. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that you'll have. I know if you're like fridge moments of fridge horror and mm-hmm. stuff like that okay, yeah. the show is both some mm-hmm. you know like it's like you're gonna midnight snack in the fridge yeah and, huh so i actually tricked my boyfriend into watching it like mm-hmm. a couple months ago because it's okay. kind of mandatory yeah. media to get to get me or whatever yeah. and, and he doesn't like anime at all or so he thinks and, <laughs> but you know <laughs> he likes it. me so yeah. he watched the whole thing then that's and, appropriate yes and now he just sends me links every once in a while he's like on the forums trying to figure he's still thinking about it like you know five months after the he's watched it being like wait a minute so I'm like, does that mean, and going back and reading what other people say, I'm like, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, of course, I've been obsessed, you know, right. for half a decade over this. So has there ever been, a, <laughs> is there sequels to this, to the film? Actually, yes. Okay. I don't recommend them. Oh, okay. So stick with the original and, and don't bother with the sequel. Yeah. So watch the original series, then watch this. Yeah. So okay. if, you, if you don't watch the series, this will make no sense. Okay. If you've watched the original series, you'll at least know who the characters are. Yeah. And it'll make like 20% sense. Yeah, and then you watch it three times more, you go on the internet, argue about it, you think about it for a year, and then it makes probably about 80% sense. So say the title again so people... It's The End of Evangelion. Okay, and you can easily get this on any streaming... No. No, okay. Uh, I recommend you pirate it. That's illegal in your country, but it is really hard to find. Really? Okay. Um, So even on DVD, DVD, Blu-ray? Probably, but I think the price is like $100 or something outrageous. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, it might be on. I'm not sure it's on any streaming service. Okay. Um, I love the show. I've tried to buy it several times, and I, I mostly just end up pirating it because that's where I can find it. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> Pirate it. It's okay. Thank you so much for being on, Amy. Thanks for having me. Right. Okay, we have another first-time guest, and it is Archie. Welcome to the podcast. Well, it's good to be here. So, for the hundredth episode, we had it. We made it difficult on people because we had to decide what is the one all-time favorite movie that you like. And for some people, it was like oh, I can't pick one. Um, but that was the point. Otherwise, this would have been a 30-hour podcast. So um, you replied. You you had never been on a podcast before, but you listened to plenty of podcasts. And uh, you did find one movie that you know fits the criteria of your all-time favorite movie. And what is that movie? That movie is Goodfellas. Okay. So what about... Dude, did you see this in the theater? When it first I came did. Out? Okay. In 90 or 91, whenever it was yeah. released. So before that, were you a big Scorsese fan, big De Niro fan? Or what, what interests you about this? Yeah. I mean, it will be hard not to be in the... You know, in the '80s and early '90s, yeah. not to be a fan of Scorsese and De Niro because he did his best work with Scorsese. So I was pretty excited. Scorsese hadn't really done a mob or a gangster movie really before that. He did Mean Streets and yeah, and Taxi and Driver, but that Taxi wasn't Driver, a, but that's not really no, not a mob movie at all. So that was you know, anytime you had a new movie coming out in that era, it was a big. Thing. Now, did you know about Henry Hill at all before seeing this movie? I never read his book, but I knew who he was and basically that he been put in witness protection for, you know, for informing on his compatriots. That's right. Adding on them or thinking of them. Now, had, did you ever listen to the Howard Stern show? No. Okay, so 
the reason I found out about Henry Hill was through Howard Stern because he would call in to the Howard Stern show. And this is after Goodfellas became a phenomenon. And uh, yeah, there would be extra mobsters, well, you think they are, that would call in and basically threaten to kill Henry because he was a rat. Um, but he never seemed to care and he lived a pretty long life in witness protection, even though he was he was kind of out there. But, yeah. Um, so what about this particular movie did you want to watch over and over again? Because you had, you had mentioned before that um, you're not a big fan of watching movies over and over again. What about Goodfellas? Yeah, I don't, I don't watch a ton of movies repeatedly, mm-hmm. but Goodfellas is one of those, you know, kind of what you'd call a remote chucker. Yeah. Where when you see it on TV, you just kind of throw the remote and watch the rest of the film. Yeah. Because you're, you know, anywhere that you come into that film, uh, you can you can immediately get into it and follow the story. It immediately sucks you in. Right. For me, it's like the, the Godfather, same way. It's yeah, like yeah. A it's three-hour like, movie, but it doesn't matter. It flies by. Well, an interesting point about uh, Goodfellas is somebody kind of pointed out that it's a good companion to the Godfather in yeah. that the Godfather's about this family and sort of the machinations, the political machinations of this family and yeah. them trying to survive and become legitimate. Mm-hmm. And Goodfellas is kind of the how, like what do gangsters do? What, are the, what is their day to day life like? Right. How do they make money? What uh-huh. do they do with it? That kind of thing. Yeah. So watched like that, it's it's also interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting. You could see Henry when he was young and how he kind of got into that life and right. kind of had that weird meteoric rise to to power and corruption and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I did, you know I had seen I'm sure I'd seen Joe Pesci before this, but I don't I don't want to call this his breakout role because he had been Raging Bull and and movies like that. But, oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't see Raging Bull until after. So it was, oh, really? I think it was the first thing I saw. Him. Okay, and of course he's you know, oh, he, he's brilliant, and uh, and of course De Niro's De Niro. Um, did, I believe I want to say I saw Ray Liotta and Field of Dreams before I saw Goodfellas. So maybe I knew him. Yeah, as, I didn't see that after. So okay. after two, yeah. <laughs> so I knew him as Shoeless Joe Jackson, but uh, many people know him as as Henry Hill. And uh, Lorraine Bracco plays Henry's wife. And there's so many good actors and actresses in this. It seems like it's the. It's basically for me, and I haven't seen all of Scorsese's work, so mm-hmm. take this with a grain of salt. But it seems like. Everything came together in that film oh, because yeah. everything. The, first of all, the screenplay is really tight and oh, solid. Yeah. The acting is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a crime that Ray Liotta didn't even get nominated for for best actor for that yeah. movie because he's terrific. And one of the things that's really interesting about that about his portrayal is that when you've watched the movie a couple of times, or if you're you know you're a little more observant than I am, mm-hmm. you notice that he doesn't do anything. He's sympathetic, and you immediately identify with him as the viewer. Yeah. But he never does anything sympathetic in the film. He's no. just less psychotically violent than his compatriots. <laughs> then he locks the door yeah. when Billy Bats is murdered. That's right. He, uh, you know, it's his car that the body's in. He's upset when Spider's murdered, but he doesn't do anything about no. it except kind of, hey, why'd you do this? Yeah. That's the extent of it. So he's as bad as they are. Yeah, except, not a great husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Leota plays him so well that you you're riveted by him the entire film and you don't really I mean you know I'm, I'm not sad at the end of the film when no. he you know gets put in witness protection mm-hmm. but he's really good at, at making you understand kind of how this guy became what he was yeah almost like I could have been him you know that type of thing <laughs> you know because you're not oh, psychotic like that I hope not I know <laughs> but yeah exactly That's well because the thing is I think uh, I would hope a normal person would would get to the first for example, mm-hmm. uh, the people you feel sorriest for in the film are the guy you probably feel sorriest for is the postman yeah. who gets his head put in a pizza oven yeah. 
for the crime of delivering his mail, yeah. right? Because he's delivered the truancy slip, I think, to the parents. Yeah. <laughs> and they beat the hell out of oh, him yeah. and put his head in the pizza oven. Thank you for picking this movie. And uh, it's if you haven't seen it, go out and see it. And uh, we mentioned some other great films on there. But thank you again for being on, Archie. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great. Okay, we're back and we have a brand new guest to the podcast. And this is Allison. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you. And you have a movie that nobody's picked yet. And I haven't seen, so I want to know all about it. I want to know why you picked it and uh, why this is considered your all-time favorite movie. So the movie that I chose is called Sliding Doors. Okay. And it came out in the 90s. So 98. 98. Yeah. Um, it stars Gwyneth Paltrow as herself twice. Oh, interesting. And okay. essentially the movie is about what happens, um, how, how life diverges based on one moment, essentially. Mm. Okay. So... You want me to tell you kind of... Yeah, yeah. Give me the synopsis without giving spoilers. Spoilers. All right. So Gwyneth Paltrow has long blonde hair. No, long brown hair in the beginning. Okay. And essentially she has a really, really tragic day at work. Okay. And ends up getting fired, Mm -hmm. heads home, and either does or does not make a subway train. Mm. And based on that first pair of sliding doors, (laughs) um, her experience diverges very, very quickly. And it's visually, there is just one aspect that I thought was pretty smart. They almost nearly immediately give one of the Gwyneth Paltrow's a complete like makeover, so she cuts all of her hair off and dyes it blonde. Okay. So at that point, it's much easier to kind of like figure out which timeline you're experiencing, okay. and then, you know, as they continue to diverge, of course, it naturally is more and more easy to understand which. Yeah. which. Then at the end, both of those timelines have kind of like a similar thing that happens that then brings them back together. Mm, okay. And then. So it's almost like one of those old choose-your-own-adventure books where you could go in any other, any path. It starts off a certain way, but it could go any path. Yes. Okay, who else is in this movie? God, I have no idea what the name of the, <laughs> any of the people are. There is... But she's the definite star, yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not great at my star identification abilities. So did you see this in the theater, or did was it something you saw after? No, I saw it after. Okay. Um, in fact, I saw it probably in the early 2000s okay so i saw it on video mm-hmm. and one of the things i really love about the movie well first of all Gwyneth paltrow is british in this movie her okay. accent is horrendous and there's one <laughs> part where she's like sob crying yelling and her accent it's what the hell is it i have no idea <laughs> it came from something else yeah. it's very distracting it's like this highly emotional like part and yeah. suddenly her it just completely veers off but things that... Well, now I really want to see it. So that's it. <laughs> I have it. I can learn it Okay, too. perfect. I yeah. think it's on Netflix, probably. Um, <laughs> the soundtrack is great. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. And it has kind of like all my favorite Britpop flavors to uh-huh. it. And also, they extensively quote Monty Python. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh-huh. Extensively, it actually becomes kind of a plot point. Oh, cool. And those things just made me have kind of like enduring affection for it. Also, sure. she has his best friend and her best friend just kicks ass. Everybody yeah. needs a friend like her friend. Is it Janine Triplehorn? No, Janine Triplehorn. Okay. <laughs> her character is abhorrent. Okay. But she does a great job with it. Mm-hmm. And she's a great actress. She's in yes. a lot of great movies. So yeah. She's I, like, I don't want to give spoilers. No, that's okay. But okay. essentially, yeah. I can give spoilers. You can do whatever you want. But I don't I don't know if a lot of people have seen this, so maybe All right. try to care about Because I want people to see this. I want to see this. So the major characters are um, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. who is... Uh, John Hanna is, is a love interest, but John okay. Lynch is the original boyfriend. Okay. And then... Um, 
in both timelines, he's having an affair. Okay. With with Janine Triplehorn. Got it. And he is his best friend is also hysterical. The, the characters in this movie are generally delightful to mm-hmm. me. Like I I don't enjoy personally I don't enjoy movies or TV where people just become massively unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like but everybody is just has kind of like quirkiness. Even the the characters mm-hmm. who are like the bad guys. Yeah. There's fun stuff about their personalities or their interactions with their friends that are just generally delightful mm-hmm. to watch. So how often do you go back and watch this? When's the last time you watched it? I watched it very recently, actually. Oh. So I've gotten to the point where I actually, actually re- recite some of the lines now. Th- th- and that, that qualifies as a favorite. You yes. have to have that. Well, Allison, this was great. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you're on again. Oh, I would love that. Thank you very much. Thank you. I love having first-time guests on, and this is the only guest, spoiler, to pick another movie that someone else has picked. And it's Yoko. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. And so the, the reason, I've always wanted to have you on, but the real reason I wanted to have you on this episode is you and I have the same exact favorite movie, and that is... That is Airplane. Which is the greatest comedy yeah. of all time, and to us, the yeah. greatest movie of all time. It's not just a comedy. I mean, yeah, of course it's comedy, but yeah. it's so, I mean, it's pure entertainment. It is. To me, because I think most people like think the best movie, and... I used to think like the best movie supposed to be gotten like Oscars. Yeah. You know, had great special effects. Very highbrow. Shorts, great highbrow. Yeah. You know, storylines. This doesn't really have any of that. No, no. If anything, it takes a little bit from all the disaster films that came before it and just totally make fun of it. But in a very, they always have a straight face when they do it. You know, that's what right. makes it hilarious. That's right. And I think it works on like so many levels. Yeah. I think that's another great thing about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen it in a theater mm-hmm. because I actually didn't even, wasn't even in its country. Right. So this is me, is fascinating. So Yoko grew up in Japan. So you, when you saw it, it was, was it subtitled or you saw it in English? Like, how did you watch it for the first time? I, I must have seen it on like TV. You know, when okay. they used to have like movie of the week. Sure, sure. You know, with commercials and mm-hmm. everything. So yeah. I don't even remember the first time I saw it. I mean, so it was, was it, like a few years after so it came was, out, right? Was the, was the language dubbed in or was it subtitles? No, it was here. Oh, it was here. US. It was here. Okay. I've never Got seen it. it in Japanese. Got it. Okay. So that was one thing I was like mentioning to you. I can't imagine this movie being in Japanese. Okay. Okay. Because it's so like there are like so many jokes. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, that will only work in English. Right. right. So, so when did you really become more fluent in English? So were you pretty fluent by the time you watched this? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, when did it first come out on the, TV? Is like, you know, the first question. Probably the mid '80s, because I first saw it on VHS videotape. Probably right. in you know 1986, 1987. I've been out since 1980. So I must have been pretty fluent by then. Maybe not 100. percent Okay. I still don't think I'm 100. <laughs> percent No one yeah. ever is, right? So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I've been here my whole life. I don't think I'm fluent. So there you go. <laughs> but um, I just remember seeing it for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I got all the jokes. Yeah. And of course I did it. No, how can? There's there so like, many. So many jokes. Yeah. Like you know, nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like. Every single time I watch it, yeah. I discover more and more jokes. Yeah, that's and that that makes the perfect repeat viewing movie. Yes, because it, yes. it never even yes. though when you know when they're coming. Yeah, it's great. You know, 
because I mean, you know, by now we both know what's going to happen exactly. in our next seat. Still, yeah. it's still funny. It's still hilarious. And so, like, Yoga and I will pass each other in the halls and we'll say, "Don't call me Shirley" or something like that. Yeah, please don't call me Shirley. Please don't. Well, call I have me a drinking problem. Yeah, that's right, and, we'll, <laughs> and it gets very messy because there's yeah. water and Gatorade all yeah. over the place. So, um, so okay. So, what jokes did you not get at first that now you get? Maybe like you know some of those like very fast talking ones. Okay. Jive. I didn't know yes, what jive I didn't, was. you didn't know what jive was. Yeah. I mean, could, I could tell like you know these like you know mm-hmm. guys were like saying some things, their own language. But I didn't know, thing, right? Yeah. yeah, but I didn't know what the jive was. Right. Now, did you know that the 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 woman was from an old um, TV show? No. Okay, so that was. Did you ever see Leave It to Beaver? I heard about it. No, no. I didn't. So she was like the all American mom. And uh, so, and it was in the 1950s. And so you okay. wouldn't expect this old white lady to be speaking jive. <laughs> right, and right. so I think sometimes it gets lost for for newer viewers who've never seen right. Lady Beaver. Oh, so, Mrs. Cleaver. Mrs. Cleaver. Okay. So they thought it was really funny back then to have Mrs. Cleaver right, you know, talking right. jive. Now it's just like, oh, some old white lady's talking jive, so it's still yeah. funny. But it, it, there's, a du- there's a double reason why it's funny. So, yeah. So that's a good one, yeah. yeah that's, so that's yeah. a good one. Oh, you know, like when the shit hits the fan. Oh yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to. <laughs> no, you can swear whatever you want. Yeah. I don't think they showed that. Oh really? TV. Yeah, they didn't show I the actual literal not, right, shit hitting right, the fan. Right. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, that's kind of. Well, that and there was, and this was a PG movie. There was nudity. One scene, there was nudity. Where was the nudity? So it's when. Um, I think it's when they're, and I get this sometimes confused with the second sequel, which is not as good, but... Um, There's a sequel? There is a sequel. So it's, it uh, basically yeah. follows the exact same format, but it's not as good. The Zucker brothers who did the original weren't involved because they didn't... Oh, no. So, like, Shatner's yeah. in it, and, like, so there oh. are some moments, but it, right. you get, only the first yep. one's really the best. So there is a scene where they're, everyone's calm when they're saying they're about to crash, and then all she, then she says, oh, and we're also out of coffee, and then everyone loses their mind, and then all of a sudden you see a woman jump in the front. You just see her, her, her chest, her naked her, chest. Her, her yes, and, and that's it. She just pops in the middle and then goes away. And so it was always, it, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just gratuitous nudity. So well, there's a lot of gratuitous stuff. So I'm sure you didn't see that on TV. I'm sure you didn't see that on TV. No, but I've seen it on video afterwards. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... I mean, the last time I saw this uh, airplane yeah. was um, a few months ago. Okay. Wanted to see it mm-hmm. because I was actually pretty stressed at that time. Okay. I had an upcoming uh, medical procedure. Yeah. And I was pretty stressed about it. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. I watched it. And it was for free. Yeah. So I was like, I'll watch it. It was as funny as ever. Yeah. I don't remember kind of discovering anything particularly new. Okay. But still, it was But still, it was still enjoyable. And it was still it, enjoyable. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. I should watch it after, you know, during my recovery. Yeah. But then I was like, no, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Because that would pretty much cause yeah. additional pain because of the So, so we, you and I both share our love of kind of uh, spoof, satirical yeah. comedy and, and things like that. And to me, this is... The most iconic yeah. one. Yeah. This started everything, really. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I mean, even if you're not really fluent yeah. in English, you still find it funny because yeah. there are like enough of the gags. It's universal. Know. It's universal. Yeah. Now, have you ever seen any of the movies that they based this on, like the airport movies or the disaster movies like uh, Poseidon Adventure and things like that? 
I have seen the airport. Yeah. I don't know which one. I know they had like There's like several. six of them. Yeah, yeah. it's like airport they're, 77. They're yeah. pretty much all the same. Yeah, like, exactly. There's yeah. like this like super sense of urgency yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the pilot, something always happens to the pilot. Yeah, there's yeah. always something. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I, I got that this is a total send up. Yeah. Of, uh, Absolutely. Well, and, uh, yeah. sorry. Another thing about this is that, you know, watching it about six months ago, like I said, mm-hmm. The traveling is so different. Yes. Nowadays. There was no security. Right. There was kind of security. They made fun of it, though, right. too. Like, people are just going right through. One right. guy has a metal plate, and yeah. And it's like, you know, there were like, you know, Harry Krishna. Yeah, know, oh, yeah. Like you don't see those anymore. Now, right? Yeah. Those people are not wandering around yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go into cockpit. That's they right. Let the kids inside. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, no way. And, and basically, the pilot's a pedophile. Right. So you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All that yeah. stuff. So yeah. I don't know if I should call it good old days, but you know, it's just you. There was less stress. I mean, like that's, just that's what I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed more. I mean, you can't make the same movies. No, movies, not at all. So. And you, that's a great point. And like the whole, um, you know, you can't park in the white zone, the red zone. Right. And they start that arguing. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what this is about. You yeah. want me to have an abortion? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently, those are the old people who yeah. actually used to do the announcement. Absolutely. It wasn't just a recording. So, yeah. So, so yeah. And anyway, I can just keep talking. No, you're totally right. Not... You can't walk literally up to the airplane anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's all good stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much, Yoko. See, this was yeah. painless. This was fun. I did it. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting first-time guests, and I've been asking Michael to come on for almost two years now, for 99 episodes, and so uh, part of it is just logistics, because you're, you're, we don't always see each other, and so because you're, you're living down south and we're up north, so, uh, but I got you here, and it's in perfect time for the 100th episode, and what better way than to talk about your, your one all-time favorite movie, and uh, you, you said it was tough. To come to come up with one, but you did it. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple I rejected. Well, there's I have two main categories and types of movies that I love. Okay. They're completely opposite. One is science fiction. Okay. Sci-fi fantasy. Uh-huh. Others musicals. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So you might have liked our musical episode. That's good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. So I was going back and forth. Which type I would, which one, which type and which one of each type I would pick. Yeah. So what was the movie you finally you decided to go with? Back to the Future. Really? Going up in the 80s, of yeah. course, being mm-hmm. a fan, fan of 80s and movies. And it's just got everything. Of course, the sci-fi. Of course. The sci-fi and this is fun. But again, even if you take the sci-fi out, it's still fun. It's still such a funny, touching uh, story all the way around. It is. And uh, the acting's great. Um, you know, Leia Thompson as his mom and... Uh, Oh, I always forget his name. Uh, he plays his dad. Um, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. He's, yes. he's so good. And it really, you forget, he's not in the second and third. They like kind of double him in. They're yeah. so much better, I think, yeah, those movies, if you they, if you were there. Yeah, and I, I I do enjoy the second one. Yeah, and, and for the and I do enjoy so, the third one, but yeah. it can't it's top not the, same. the first now. No. Yeah, it's, the first one's just got the heart. It does, yeah, that, and it, it, exactly, and and I found out just recently that there wasn't actually supposed to be any sequels. Zemeckis oh, put the whole to be continued as a joke, <laughs> and then when people were like, "Well, when's the next movie coming?" because it was such a hit, and he's like, "Well, damn it, I have to, I have to do another one now." And then they were they filmed them both at the same time, yes. so that's why you got. I think it was like 
89 and 90 when they came out back to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one's fun to watch because of the whole 2015 thing. To see oh, I know. Out. And they almost nailed it with the Cubs. So we're actually uh, in a few, I don't know, about a few weeks, but we're, we're talking about doing it. We're going to do the Back to the Future soundtrack. Oh, no way. So that'll be fun because <laughs> I definitely had that as a kid. Oh, listen, totally. Yeah, yeah, listen to that all the time. So how often do you go back and rewatch Back to the Future? Oh, no I pun intended. In a, yeah. I haven't <laughs> in a while, actually. Um, but I do want to show it to my kids. Yeah. Have their, oh, they haven't their, seen it yet. They're about their middle school, so that they, I think they've seen parts of it. Okay. And they've never been interested in it. But I think, really? I think they will be now yeah. as they get older because they, yeah. I, God, I had to be, I didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it when either it came out on VHS, so I probably saw 86, 87. Oh, yeah. And I was probably. I was younger than your kids, and I, I loved it. I absolutely adored it. I couldn't get enough of it. Did you see it in the theater? I did not. I actually saw it uh, on a TV at my eighth grade graduation party that they had on campus. Oh, really? And they were showing it in the back, and I started watching it. I'm yeah. like, holy cow. This, yeah, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And so then did you just like try to rent it? Or I assume that one must have been. Yeah. And at some point I rented it in well, Luckily, my, and I mentioned this on the podcast, my uncle had HBO. We didn't have HBO. So he would record anything on HBO. So uh, one of those was Back to the Future. That was like a big deal because when we finally had it in the whole movie. Because that was the thing. People forget, like, everything's streaming now. Yeah. You know, you can get it on DVD if you want. Uh, but back then, it's either TV yeah. or you rent it. Because yeah. video tapes were too expensive to yeah. buy. If you didn't see it in the theater. You missed it. You missed it. And that was another thing. If you didn't see it in the theater, it took like a year or two years for it to have be released yes, on that's video. right. So Back to the Future, amazing pick. And uh, I'm so glad. Let's not wait 200, 100 more episodes to get you on. So this is good. So again, thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. All right. So it's taken him, God, 50 episodes to come back because you were on the, it was the 80s movie songs. Only 50, huh? Only 50, I know. So, But I'm glad we're getting everyone to come back for the 100th episode. So Juan is back. Welcome back. Hello. So for this, we had to, you had to pick one favorite movie. And it's tough because I was talking to you and you're like, ah, there's so many. There's like 20. But you did. You nailed it down to one. So what is your one all-time favorite movie? Okay. It's not like my favorite, but it's definitely in the top whatever okay. for favorite movies. But um, And I forced you to pick one. So yes. that's my fault. Yeah. And it's only because I can like sit down and watch it multiple times and still like be really entertained by it. Sure, sure. And that is Captain America Winter Soldier. Nice. Okay, so this is the second, second Captain America. One. So the first one, what was the first one called? The First Avenger. First Avenger, that's right. So what about the second one? Because they introduce, I'm trying to remember, because they all blend in now for me because there's so many of them. Really? They yeah. still blend in for you? They still do. Well, especially the new ones. So yeah, so the, why does the second... Why does Winter Soldier resonate more than the other two? Winter Soldier is great. It has practical effects, Mm -hmm. a great storyline, good character development. Um, I remember one 4th of July, a couple years ago, this one movie channel on Dish was just showing it 24-7. Just that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even though, you know, I'd seen it previously and we owned the movie and it's, like, I was just, like, still on that channel, watched it, you know, beginning to end. Yeah multiple times during that day just watched a couple of scenes and it's just like fantastic so what about this one do you like say more than the first avenger well it's less campy than the first avenger and it's, uh, it's modern day as opposed yeah, to being in the 40s you know, caps you know adjusting to modern life mm-hmm. you know it's always great especially you know not just in the comics but also in the movie how it's like these figures of authority or these people that you know 
we're supposed to trust or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, Cap, I guess, kind of represents, you know, it's kind of like thrown against him. He's like, oh, I actually can't trust S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, I right. can't trust the government. The government's the one that's conspiring mm-hmm. against us. You know, they're doing, you know, these terrible things without kind of to like just cause their... Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, he pretty much is like a <laughs> yeah. a lone soldier on this one. Like, he kind of has to yeah. um, be the uh, morality for the government, basically. Yeah, like, he it's has to like, take, yeah. you're calling this right and you're calling this wrong, but, you know, even though he's like, things aren't always, but, you know, no, people are telling him that they're not black and white. Yeah. You know, he has to very much stand his ground. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he pretty much kind of proves that, you know, what S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing mm-hmm. isn't right because they're not actually S.H.I.E.L.D., they're HYDRA. Right, exactly. Yeah. So what about this one? So, and then Civil War came after this one, right? Uh, not I, directly after, but yeah. But yeah, they would be the next in the yeah. trilogy of, of concurrent Captain America. So you like this one better than Civil War as well. Yeah, if you're going to watch just one Captain America, you know, Winter Soldier is yeah. the best one, you know. Black Widow is awesome. She's mm-hmm. competent. Yes. You know, there's nothing... It's pre-Age of Ultron, so there's nothing weird romantic thing with her mm-hmm. banner that whatever happened in that Age of Ultron did. You heard it from Juan's mouth. you got to see Captain America Winter Soldier if you're going to check out a Marvel movie. Or and, a Captain America movie. Like, or a Captain America movie. And so... Um, any complaints, come back to me, and, and uh, <laughs> Juan and will justify him. his pick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for Thanks. being on, and, and we hope to have you on again, especially when we talk about Marvel movies. Thank you again to everyone who agreed to be on the podcast, and a special thanks to the newbies, because it's always fun to get some new blood in here, and I hope you continue to listen and enjoy the content we have to put out. Uh, we have one that, that I never got a chance to actually interview her, but she sent a quick little note, and it's from Christina R., and her favorite movie of all time is Dark Crystal, the Jim Henson classic. And she said, I would say my movie is definitely Dark Crystal. I just love the whole story and puppetry and crazy characters. Jim Henson was a genius, and I still catch things in his movies. So thank you again, Christina. And then, of course, Ralph and Ian, if you go back and listen to the episode that they were on, 1975 through 1979 movies, both of them agree that Jaws is their all-time favorite movie. So if you want an extensive description about why Jaws is their best movie, definitely check it out. I even asked him the question on the Judas Priest Hellbent for Leather episode that will be out probably around the same time as this episode, and they describe why Jaws is their favorite movie. All right. Thank you again. Here's to 100 more. Here's to 1,000 more episodes. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, I have ideas. As long as I don't get sick of this, I'm going to keep going as long as I can. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you soon. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the actual alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. 
We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said, my second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories, and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs>